Well, greetings and salutations, everybody. Welcome to the best damn move related show on the planet Earth, the John Campion Show. Coming to you from right here on my YouTube channel. I'm, of course, your host, John Campia, and it is an awesome honor and privilege, as it is every day, to have you, our international friends, gather around as we talk about our favorite things in the world, movies, movie news, TV, streaming, all sorts of good things. We're starting to get into the Christmas spirit around here. I keep forgetting this Christmas week. <laughs> it's hard for me as a Canadian to remember Christmas is coming upon us because there's no effing snow here. So I kind of <laughs> need I need the season. So it's like, oh, yes, Christmas is sneaking up on us. Anyway, joining us over here is Kimberly Ann Curran. Kimberly, how you doing? Hey, guys, I'm doing great. Doing that's a, great. That's I just noticed your Transformer shirt. Oh, my gosh. I really oh, like that shirt. I, I, I like that a lot. And sitting beside her is, of course, Ray Ora. I could do this all day. <laughs> <laughs> Back to you, John. <laughs> and, and he will. He will be doing that all day. He, he promised me he was going to be the ultimate hype man for today. I, I, I woke up. I woke up today, and I was like, I could do this all day. <laughs> what a great song! I what a great it. song! I love it. What a great song! <laughs> Again, merch. Um, I I do want to tell people what you sang afterwards, but I, I'll save that till later. <laughs> anyway, guys. Good to have you here. Here's how today's show is going to go. We're going to spend the first half of the show talking about some predetermined topics. Then in the second half of the show, we're going to take your comments and your questions. If you want to get in a comment, a comment, thought, opinion, not a question, not a question, but you have a comment, opinion, observation, whatever, and you're watching the show live, you can go ahead and fire that in on the live chat using the super chat feature, and we'll read those off as we get to the end of the show. And then after that, we're going to get to your questions. Now, if you have a question that you want read on this show or in an upcoming companion video, simply use the tip link that's down in the description of this video, or you can enter it in manually at www.streamelements.com slash movieblogtv slash tip. You'll be getting your question on one of our shows if, of course, we deem it appropriate to be used on our show. And of course, you'll be supporting the channel at the same time. And all of us here at the John Campia Show, thank you guys so very much for your support. Also, a little bit of housekeeping, guys. I want to remind you that if you need your daily fix of the John Campia Show, but you can't be in front of a YouTube video, maybe you're commuting, maybe you're on a treadmill, maybe you're at work. Good news. There is the John Campius Show audio-only edition known as the John Campius Show podcast. It is on your favorite podcasting app of choice. Just go search for the John Campius Show and subscribe to it today so it'll be there when you need it. And thank you to everybody who's already subscribed to that channel. All right. With that down, let's get into a couple of off-the-tops here, shall we? And our first off-the-top is this. Many of you guys know, despite the fact that he's currently in the Spider-Man spirit, Henry is wearing the Spider-Man mask back there, <laughs> I believe the most underrated comic book movie of all time, all time, all time, <laughs> is Man of Steel. That, to me, is the most underrated comic book film of all time. I adore it. I love it. I like it more every time I see it. You guys already know this. Now, while I, uh, I actually like Batman versus Superman. I mean, I, I, got, I understand that there were some letdowns for some people, and I get it, but I like Batman versus Superman. But, you know, we never did get that proper Henry Cavill, who is my favorite Superman of all time, that proper Henry Cavill Man of Steel 2, you know, a true sequel, a standalone Superman sequel with Henry Cavill. Now, look, there's been a lot of back and forth about whether or not we're ever going to see that, right? Henry keeps saying the cape's still in the closet. I still got the cape. He was interviewed recently talking about his passion for the character. He still wants to do this character. 
However, Warner Brothers hasn't given us any indication that they could be moving in that direction because, well, frankly, they got like three other Superman movie comings. None of them involved Henry Cavill. Who knows? Maybe Henry Cavill's Superman shows up in Flashpoint. I I'm not I'm not saying I've heard anything. I'm just saying, wouldn't that be cool? But one other guy who would love to see another Henry Cavill Superman movie is Matthew Vaughn. Uh, one of my favorite directors out there. Uh, I love Matthew Vaughn. I love his sensibilities. Not a big fan of the Kingsman part two, not so excited for the King's man, but I do love, I, I love Matthew Vaughn a lot. Anyway, Matthew Vaughn in his own words is desperate to do a Henry Cavill man of steel. As a matter of fact, he was recently being interviewed and he talked about the fact that he actually pitched Warner brothers on a man of steel sequel that he would direct and that they were really positive on it. And then Batman versus Superman came out and things like that. And, and Warner brothers kind of soured on this iteration of Superman didn't go anywhere, but Matthew Vaughn is saying he would still love to do it. So this comes to us. Uh, movie web is the ones who are quoting this right now. It says, this is Matthew Vaughn saying I was desperate to do a Superman film desperate. I pitched a big Superman movie before they made Man of Steel. I just got to work with Henry Cavill because he's in that new Argyle movie with him, uh, which was lovely on Argyle, and he is unbelievable in it. I still think there's room for a new Superman film, but a proper Superman film, a colorful, fun Superman movie, not a dark one. He goes on to talk about comparisons with Batman and everything. He says, I just thought it was a mistake putting the Batman. He's talking about it was a mistake he thought to do Batman versus Superman after mm. Man of Steel. I just thought it was a mistake putting uh, the Batman vibe into the Superman world. I just think they're two separate. Uh, they're just not relatable in any way in my mind. It should be fun. I mean, look, The Dark Knight was obviously different and it made sense and it was brilliant as a film and as a comic, but Superman was always, I love the Richard Donner Superman movie. And I think Wonder Woman worked because I think Wonder Woman was basically remaking Donner Superman in a weird way. Yeah, I love Superman. So he goes on, he's talking about, he still wants to do it. Hmm. He still, he says in his words, desperate to do it. And I would love for him to do it, but I do take umbrage with a couple of things that Matthew says here. First of all, when he goes, I want a proper Superman film, a proper Superman film, proper, proper <laughs> Matthew man of steel is more than a proper Superman film. All right. Like get that straight. Like, that's great. Look, Christopher Reeve's Superman was great for the 1970s. In the era when, you know, a lot of superheroes are still thought to be, gosh, ma'am, I'll wreck you that kitten from the tree for you. Oh, sure would go for some apple pie right now. Jolly G Willikers. Like, <laughs> bonk, doink, pow. <laughs> yeah, like, look, I'm not saying, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying we shouldn't have a Superman that, that has a certain outlook on life and all that. I'm, I'm not saying yeah. that at all. But see, part of the, the, to me, the majesty of what Zack Snyder brought to Man of Steel, Zack Snyder and David Goyer, was the notion of if this was happening, if you did have this kid who always felt like an outsider and never understood why, and then he finds out he is more of an outsider and more different and more segregated than he ever possibly imagined, he's actually an alien, and he finds out his parents aren't actually his parents. And he's struggling to find what is his place in this world. I contend that Man of Steel, with the way Henry Cavill portrayed it and the way it was directed, was actually pretty damn near perfect. 
Like he would feel the burden of the world on his shoulders. He would feel all that kind of stuff as he is struggling to figure out who he is and what his place in the universe is. Now, as you get into like Justice League and even Zack Snyder's Justice League, you start to see a Superman now who's a little bit more comfortable in his Kryptonian skin and he starts to become a little more light and all that kind of stuff. And I'm all for the Henry Cavill character continuing down that road. What I do not want, and Ray, you kind of brought this up to me before the show and I love the analogy. What I don't want is Man of Steel 2 to be Shazam. And I love Shazam for what it is. I mean, I love the Shazam movie, but I don't want that. I don't I, I don't want just goofy Superman, blah, blah, blah. That's great for Shazam, who's supposed to be a child in an adult's body. I don't want that for Superman. And when I read him, when I read Matthew writing this, I kind of get the fear that he's looking at doing, you know, Shazam, but it's Superman. And I, I don't know that I want to go there. Like, I do think there's a balance to be struck, right? Mm -hmm. Between, like, say, the pure childlike jovialness of a Shazam versus the more serious, soul-searching Superman we had in Man of Steel. I do believe there's a middle ground in there. I just wouldn't want to see it go too far the other way. I don't want them to return to the Donner Superman. Donner Superman mm -hmm. was great in its era. It was awesome in its era, especially Superman 2. But... I don't want to revert back to that, you know? So, I mean, I don't know. I'm a little bit of a mix. So, I don't know. Kim, you hear about this. Would you be interested in a, in a Matthew Vaughn Superman movie? You know what? Uh, I would. His comments make me a little nervous um, because I think, look, he's, we love him for what he does and he is so great at bringing. He's awesome. Matthew Vaughn is awesome. Yeah. There's, there's not like, oh, I don't trust him with his property. Get somebody else. It's not that. I just hope his perspective is coming from the right angle. I'm a little concerned about that, that little snippet where he said he wanted it to be, what, what was it? More, more fun. And, you know, I'm not, I don't want Christopher Nolan, you know, I, I do want to get a little bit more lighthearted. But I'm a little concerned by what what do you mean by that and what angle are you going to take with that? Um, and with the Kingsman series kind of, you know, I like the Kingsman for what, what it is. Um, but I feel like I, I, this the last Kingsman, I need it to be great in order to get really excited about his version of a Superman. Yeah, because what's he going to do? Is, is he going to is he going to bring? Uh, Elton John into Man of Steel 2 to Kung Fu fight alongside of the, I mean, it's just like Kingsman 2. If Kingsman 2 is an example of what he wants to bring to Superman, I'm like, ah, come on, Matthew, come up with something. But I don't know. Maybe he has a great. If he can bring the weight that yeah, Clark yeah, yeah. has on his shoulders, if he can bring that storyline in, but then some lightheartedness around the other characters, I think I'm fine with that. But what we all in terms of this character, we always need to remember, like you said, what an outcast he is. Even though people, I love you, Superman, how he grew up and how he feels and, and the love relationship with Lois Lane and where are we going to take that? How's that going to go? Is it going to be serious or more lighthearted? Like we're planning a wedding and we're going to Machu Picchu. Like, <laughs> oh my God, if where Martin Short shows that? up to plan their wedding, <laughs> perfect. <laughs> Martin Short comes up and well, yes, Superman, what kind of cock would you like? What kind of cock would you like? Oh, I mean, that would just, oh that's Father of the Bride, man. That's Martin Short. He's the wedding planner, Father of the Bride. Yes, what kind of cock <laughs> but yeah i take one other problem with something matthew said though hmm. 
And again, I'm saying I'm sa- sounding like I'm bashing him. I love. I'm not bashing Vaughn. him. No mistake about I'm it. just saying but his amazing style might not fit unless he changes his mindset. His mindset it, right? a bit. Here's the other thing he said that just doesn't sit right with me because he's saying like, I just thought it was a snake to bring Batman into Superman world. I just think they're too separate. They're just not relatable in any way. Batman and Superman are synonymous with each other. I mean, some of the most popular comic things ever done in DC was with Batman and Superman, whether it's World's Finest or whether it's The Dark Knight Returns or what you, I mean, they are, they have become, while they are definitely polar opposite characters, for sure, that is part of what is, has made their appeal so great yeah. in having them together in the comics, you know, especially this, I mean, and that's the whole fundamental dynamic of Injustice Gods Among Us is mm-hmm. the idea of Batman and Superman and what happens if one of them goes the wrong way. Mm-hmm. I mean, so I kind of love that. But at any rate, look, if the head of Warner Brothers were to call me tomorrow and say, John, we are getting ready to green light Matthew Vaughn doing a Man of Steel 2 tomorrow. Would I green light it? Yes. Yes, I would. I'm just saying I'm a little bit nervous because bit Matthew nervous. Vaughn is a fantastic director. I'm just saying I'm a little bit nervous by some of the little clips. And these are only individual quotes. And I'll tell you That's what, all. what I want to say if he does it, what I want to say after I walk out of that theater of this hypothetical film is I want to go, that was very different from Matthew Vaughn. I liked it. I don't want to go, that was typical Kingsman. I, I, I want to I say it was him, but it was another side of him. Well, I and I like also, that. I think he has shown in a lot of his different movies. I think there are things he's done in a lot of his movies that would translate very well into a Superman movie. Yeah. I just want him to pick which those, of those movies those he's right right from more. Like those not so right much qualities. Yeah. But anyway, guys, the question is for you. What do you think about the idea of Matthew Vaughn saying he is desperate to still do another Superman movie. I I would personally green light it, even though some of the things he said makes me a little bit nervous. But anyway, guys, what do you guys feel about this? Jump down into the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. Okay, guys. With that down, let's do one more off the top here. And that one more off the top is this. You know, the other day, about a week or so ago, we talked about how the Doctor Strange 2 trailer leaked online. And of course, it was added on to the end of Spider-Man No Way Home. And we talked about it a little bit, but we didn't talk about it in detail because a lot of people hadn't seen it yet. And that's fine, even though it was just a trailer. But one of the things I said in trying to not give away any details about the Dark Strange 2 trailer was, you know, there are a lot of things, 95% of the time when I think something's never going to happen, it doesn't happen. Sometimes I have my mind changed before it happens because you guys make great arguments or I see more evidence or whatever. But then there are sometimes where I absolutely do not think there's any way something's going to happen, but it does anyway, and I'm shocked. And I said, there is something that happens in the Doctor Strange 2 trailer that I never thought they would do. <laughs> like, I didn't think in a million years they would do. And they did it. And now that the Doctor Strange 2 trailer is now out and public, we can talk Let's about get that. into this. And I'll, I won't bury the lead. <laughs> I cannot, I am shocked. Shocked, I tell you that they brought in the what if dark Doctor Strange. Now, I well, let me say, I, I know there is a possibility that's not the what if Doctor Strange. I, I understand there's a possibility that this is a different thing. I get it. But what they seem to be implying here is that this is the what if Doctor Strange. And bringing a what if animated character into it is not something I thought they would, uh, straight up, I'll just call it. I, I, I thought there's no way, no way, said I, <laughs> and then I'm watching this trailer. It's like, well, there goes that because there he is. 
And I thought that was actually quite exciting the way they did it. Listen, I think this trailer overall was dynamite. I thought it was a dynamite trailer. It, I mean, it does the little things like, hey, get excited. Here's Doc Strange. You know, get excited. Uh, here's, let me see if I can find her in this. Maybe I can, maybe I can't. Yeah, here's Wanda. Yeah. Right? Yes. So every, everybody's excited when Wanda comes up. I love the fact that they even reference the event. They reference the events of Westfield, but the audience clearly didn't need to know what's happened in Westfield, right? So that's classic Kevin Feige what, right there. Uh, you know, everything, seeing a lot of weird stuff, seeing, I love seeing Wong. Wong is Wong becoming- is just the best. He is becoming, honestly, one of my favorite characters in the MCU. Every time he talks, it's entertaining. Whether he's in Shang-Chi or whether it's in Doctor Strange or whether it's an Avengers movie or whatever. The dude is just awesome. He's becoming more and more pivotal, it seems like, to the universe. So it didn't really give us, as a lot of first trailers don't anymore, it didn't really give us what's the story about. It just gave us a feel. The first trailer just gave us a feel. Here's some of the things you can look forward to. I expect the second trailer will give us a more definitive, okay, here's what this is about. But probably the most exciting thing to me was the return of Chiwetel Ejiofor. Uh, seeing Cal Mordo back... It, it's just, that's the way, that's what should be done. I'm trying to see if I can find a still of him in here. I'm going to have a very hard time finding it. I probably won't be able to find it. But anyway, we knew he was coming back, but it excites me to see him back, you know? And uh, that is great. So I thought the trailer looked really wonderful. Ray, you had a chance to check out the trailer. Did you not? Yeah. What did you think about the trailer? How did you oh, like it? I just was in awe for all the Wanda scenes, especially when right. she's in her uniform. I think she's going to cause a lot of uh, havoc in this film not only just uh dr strange but i think she's gonna have a big deal in this this movie that's all i get from it just because they they still haven't she still hasn't unleashed her fury on the marvel cinematic universe no we still haven't really that seen her way. unleash her full power her so full i can't wait to see her hopefully she has uh, a bigger role than just what we see like just being like a oh yeah come to me for like some guidance or something like that i don't know what what her uh smaller role would be but I hope she gets uh she gets busy in this movie. <laughs> Kim, what about you? Oh, this looks exciting. This looks really, really exciting. Wanda looks great. I like what's going on. It looks like either in another universe or he's at Christine's wedding or is he marrying Christine finally? I don't know. Um, I love Mordo. Let his hair grow out oh, a little Mordo. bit. He yep. is ready. He's ready to get it. I think this is going to be uh I think the trailer was tame in compared to what we're gonna get yeah because i get that remember sense. they said this will kind of be the first mcu movie to be along the lines of a horror film oh yeah so well, they kind of said the same thing about the first doctor strange movie well uh, man doctor Strange. it was pretty it was pretty it, <laughs> because it was, you had a very traditional I, horror director doing it yeah and you know they kind of that they kind of said that this is going to kind of be a bit of a horror now then but there's more craziness in this one yeah i don't know that craziness you're, 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 horror, did you see him fighting um, when it looked like the uh, what if version? Because I was yeah. thinking, where are the tentacles? It's very quick, but if you see, he goes like this, and there's these, I don't know if they're tentacles oh, or you monsters. Can see or, too. There's a quick shot where you can actually see Yeah, it. yeah and yeah. I was like, oh, we're going there. Yeah. I, think, I think this is tame. I think the next trailer is really going to make us excited. And I... I'm, I don't know. What, what are your thoughts? But I think somewhere along the line in this, she's going to be helping him. And yes, I'm focused. I'm helping you. And she's going to hear that echoing, Mom, Mom, where are you? And she might go a little berserk. Yeah, I listen, I thought in um, WandaVision, mm -hmm. when WandaVision ended, I thought, 
Wanda is going to be the antagonist of Doctor Strange mm -hmm. and the Multiverse of Madness. Mm -hmm. And I think she still might be. Like, I, like, look, obviously they're implying something different now. They're implying she's going to work alongside of him and all that kind of stuff. But I still think there is a possibility here. She ends up being a problem that Strange needs to deal with. I agree. I, I, I think agree. I and I and I'm gonna be damn excited if they do there because oh, I want to see Wanda oh, throw down. I want to see her go crazy because she yeah. could kill everyone in the MCU. Because she she's been studying, she's been reading the books, finding out who am I, what is this Scarlet Witch thing that I have, what is this power that I have, so she can harness it. But what I I want to say is that as a trailer, I love that they didn't give everything away. Thank goodness. Yeah, I well, didn't I mean, feel I, I didn't more. feel like that. I, I gave... still need them to tell us what the story is. Like that, a trailer needs to do that. And I, so I think this for a first trailer, this is perfectly good. Mm -hmm. I think the second trailer, which has been kind of the, the pattern lately, the mm -hmm. second trailer then becomes the one that says, okay, here's what this story's about. And I think we're going to get that a little bit later on. The so. chat is pointing out, like, I don't know if it's the what if Dr. Strange is it strange supreme I, a lot of people are saying that is that what we refer to this other doctor strange i don't know if they, they attach that to him in the uh uh in the thing or if that's a comic reference but i just think when you look at him i mean he's, he's definitely looks and sounds like the what if version right but can, so but can you imagine a duel between wanda and dr strange oh, it'd be awesome just a fight oh that awesome. would be insane like crazy Crazy, crazy. It would be Inception times 10. Yeah, we would need edibles and everything just to, <laughs> just to be oh at that, in that dimension. No, honestly, like Doctor Strange 1, the first Doctor Strange, the whole time I was thinking, man, I should have took a puff or something. <laughs> Look, when I said I'd make cookies for the next movie, that is not what I was talking about. <laughs> anyway, guys, the question is for you. Did you have a chance to check out the Doctor Strange 2 trailer? If so, what did you think about it? Whatever it is you guys thought, jump down to the comment section below and leave your thoughts there. Okay, guys, with that down, let's move on to our main topics here today, shall we? And how do we select our main topics here in the John Campion Show? Well, it's really rather simple. You see, you guys come up with our main topics. Whenever you come across a big topic issue or story that you guys feel we need to cover as a main topic on the show, just go anytime 24-7 over to www.thejohncampionshow.com slash contact. Once you guys get there, you're going to see a form. Fill it out with your topic or question. It's absolutely free. Hit submit, and then maybe... Just maybe you might see your submission featured as a main topic here on the John Campius show. With that down, Kim, what is our first main topic today? All right, guys, this is coming from James Tyson. Hi, John. First of all, loved the video you shared of the Adopt-A-Family Christmas. Oh, thank you, James. So amazing what the movie fan community can do. Second, as I write this, I'm one hour away from watching the Hawkeye finale. What did you think of it, and how would you rate the series overall? Thanks. All right, thanks for sending that in, man. And yeah, we're going to do a Hawkeye open spoiler discussion a little bit later uh, this afternoon. Keep your guys' eyes open for that. But we will. I will give my general impressions about the Hawkeye season finale. Um, you guys know that I did not like um, episodes one and two. I mean, I didn't hate them, but I wasn't all that big on it. Episode three started to turn things around for me, uh, episode four was also pretty good. Episode five, I thought, was the best episode of the series. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of balanced out. It's like, okay, I'm, I'm getting into this. I'm starting to like this. It's got to nail the landing. It's got to stick the landing. 
I'm going to tell you, I did not think it stuck the landing. I will tell you right now, I, I was not a fan of, of Hawkeye episode six, the finale. And because it was already so close going into it, I think at the end of the day, I think this is the first Disney uh, plus Marvel show that I don't like. I didn't hate it. I did not hate it. There are definitely episodes that I enjoyed and liked. There are certain elements that I enjoyed and I liked. But I think at the end of the day, I'm going to look at in the mirror and say, yep, I mean, I loved WandaVision. I liked Falcon and Winter Soldier. I liked Loki. Uh, but I did not like overall this. It, it didn't stick the landing for me. They did a number of very, very questionable things uh, going into it. Now, of course, last week they introduced us to Kingpin. So that was, so we knew Kingpin was going to be in it this week without going into detail. I, I mean, I'm sorry. There's no, there's no discussion anymore. We've been discussing about whether, you know, Vincent D'Onofrio is the, the exact, is this the same Kingpin that we saw in the Netflix shows? I don't think there's any question about it. This isn't the same Kingpin. This is a Walmart Kingpin. This is an absolute Walmart. 1988. Uh, well, 1999 discount bin. Right. Yeah. 1988 Walmart discount uh, uh, Kingpin, which rack. I was eh, to see. Um, you know, we knew Yelena and Hawkeye were going to have a confrontation. Like we, we were all just waiting for that to happen. I was underwhelmed by it. Um, they're, they're, we won't go into the details of the conversation, but the conversation was like, Really? That's what the conversation is? Um, the resolutions of the watch, I thought, was very, I'll call it a waste, the way they they kind of hyped up the watch through the entire show and it just end up being a, something of a quick reveal. We won't say what. The, the resolution of Kate's mom, it's like, well, that was kind of just baldly predictable that we knew like there was not, I then it just got a little corny and yeah I, I didn't hate the finale I did yeah. not hate it there are certainly moments in it that you know we were laughing and chuckling at and uh, in a good way but at the end of the day I think Hawkeye was a show that number one I, I struggle with a bit a bit of an identity crisis mm -hmm. it never seemed to quite know what it was like you watch Falcon and the Winter Soldier and I don't love Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but I enjoyed it and I liked it. And But one of the things you can absolutely say about it was from episode one through the episode, the ending of the episode, this show had a sense of its identity. WandaVision always had a perfect sense of its identity. And I just kind of feel like by the end of it, I felt like Hawkeye never really quite knew what it was. Um, it felt like it shifted from episode to episode. And at the end of the day, I felt like this was a series I didn't even need to watch. Um, I love Jeremy Renner. He's he awesome. Uh, I love Florence Pugh. I love Haley Steinfeld. I love everybody involved, but it just, at the end of the day, just kind of fizzled for me, uh, which was unfortunate that that was my take, but it, it was my take nonetheless. And, and then there's the post credit scene. <laughs> <laughs> which the best post credit scene <laughs> <laughs> then there's the post credit scene which all i will say is left me going really really that's the post credit scene <laughs> really okay the whole time i was laughing too you just, were just looking at the back of john's head i was just laughing i was like because <laughs> you can see my this head guy like might going, be fuming right now <laughs> my head's just going like now don't don't get me wrong again. I I didn't I didn't mind what they did in the post credit scene. Mm -hmm. I just thought, but that's the post credit scene. I, I 
whatever. <laughs> uh, that that's a nitpick. That's an admitted nitpick. That one that one is an admitted nitpick. I don't know. Ray, you saw the final episode. Just just quickly, what's your how did you feel about the final episode and then overall how are you going to remember Hawkeye as a show? I guess when I when it first started, I was expecting a little too much, but as the show's progressed, I was like, this guy is just a guy really with a bone arrow. He has no superpowers or whatever. I shouldn't expect more or something crazy to happen. And that's literally what just what we got. That's it. Just a bone arrow play and nothing too like out of out there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know how to feel about it, to be honest. But um, it's not an instant classic, bro. <laughs> it's not a classic, bro. Bro, <laughs> I, actually, what people find annoying, I thought was the funniest part of the whole series, the tracksuit mafia, because it reminds me of so many friends I have that talk like that talk like that, to be honest. Hey, hey bro. Hey, bro. It's not classic, bro. Uh, I, I will say this. So somebody in the live chat is saying, well, you know, John was never really excited about Hawkeye, so we shouldn't be surprised. Dude, there's a lot of things I go into that I'm not surprised that I'm not terribly excited about that. I end up freaking out and loving. I mean, I think the best Spider-Man movie ever made, Spider-Man and the Spider-Verse, like I was right out against that movie. Like I was against it. I talked for a year about how stupid this idea was and it's dumb and oh, no yeah. one's going. And then I'm like, well, damn, that was awesome. <laughs> like, I, So yeah, I was never excited for a Hawkeye series, truly, but that how excited I am about something going into it has no impact about whether I like it or not. And I was wanting to love it. Just like I wanted to love loki and i didn't love loki although i did like loki i like loki but yeah this is for me the one i don't know kim general just quick impression about the episode itself and then where does that now leave it for you when you look back on the series as a whole what are you feeling about it i was so excited for this i was so excited for this um in terms of kate and i'm not going to spoil anything i do feel like they really captured a girl in her 20s that's got everything going for her and has some real life lessons to learn. In that aspect, they did a great job. Um, in terms of it being our first like real Marvel Christmas holiday movie, it was great. It felt Christmassy. Christmas in New York can't get more Christmassy than that. Um, warm and fuzzies all over. M my negatives are it honestly ended like a live action Saturday morning cartoon. I swear, if Kevin McAllister walked by <laughs> and had a scene with Kate, like, hey, you're cute. Want to go out sometime or some, or want a slice of pizza? Or, oh, I was just feeding pizza dogs some pizza while she's in the alley. I watched my dog. That would have been perfect because that was the tone. It's Home Alone meets Marvel. And that's how it felt. And honestly, I was a bit disappointed because I had such high hopes but there was just too much to complete in this episode and um without spoiling anything i just um god i was i was disappointed i was disappointed but i'm looking forward to seeing more of kate bishop now i know that who she is what she's about that she's got that gumption um she's got what it takes and she, as she matures as a young lady she'll really understand the higher stakes of what it takes to be an avenger so we'll see I, i'll say this too I said going this this last episode is going to be the make or break for me about whether or not I'm going to have any interest at all in an Echo show. I officially have no interest in an Echo show. I didn't want to spoil. I don't want. Yeah, I didn't yeah, want to say anything. Say what happens, but but, but um, I mean, yeah. In, in that aspect, this this actually solidifies my belief that that's just a placeholder title. I don't believe there is an Echo show. You know what? I don't think one exists because there's just no way. 
Yeah, I there's I, no freaking way. I listen. A lot of people have been writing into the show suggesting that very thing that the Echo is just a placeholder. And I said, yeah. well, because they've said you know they did that with the Captain America Serpent Society. I said, yeah, but it was still a Captain America thing. Yeah, they just they just kind of were hid, hiding who the enemy was going to be. I think we'll see her again. I well, no, we're definitely but it won't see her be again. it won't be her show. No, I I. Look, I still, if I had to bet five bucks right now, are we getting an Echo show? I would still bet five bucks that yes, we are. But whereas 48 hours ago, I thought we are absolutely getting an Echo show. Now I'm like, well, we're probably getting an Echo show. But now, I because honestly, I, I just, there was nothing about, was she a decent supporting character in the Hawkeye show? Sure. Did I see anything in that character that made me go, man, I really want to see a story focused on this character? No, I did not. So, I mean, that's just kind of where I was left. So, I don't know. Maybe people agree. Maybe people disagree. Question is for you guys, though. What did you think about the Hawkeye finale? And then what do you think about the show overall? I thought it had its pros and its cons. The cons a little bit outweighed the pros for me on this one. Maybe it didn't for you. However you guys are feeling about it, jump down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts all right guys with that down let's move on to main topic number two kim what is our second main topic today all right apollo stallone says good morning apollo stallone <laughs> good morning john kim and ray so all the theatrical comic book films have now come out and so i wanted to ask you how you'd rank Eternals, Black Widow, Spider-Man, Shang-Chi, Suicide Squad, and Venom 2. Curious to know how you'd sort them. Thank you and bring on the filthy. Yeah, look, at the end of the day, I actually think 2021, as far as comic book movies, it was pretty good comic book year. I mean, definitely not the best we've ever had, but this ended up being a pretty damn solid comic book movie year. And I don't think there was one that I straight up didn't like which is always great. I don't think there was one I did. I straight and there were a couple that I really loved several that I really, really loved. So it, at the end of the day was a good one. So if you're asking me out of all the theatrically released comic book movies, how would I rank them? All right, let's jump now into the can't be a classroom. Shall we? Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Can't be a classroom time. Can't be a classroom. Oh, Saturday morning. <laughs> okay. John Ralphio. All right. We're going to start off with this. Coming in at number six, I uh, would say it is Black Widow. Um, Black Widow, mm. because of the family aspect, and <laughs> Scarlett Johansson is great, and David Harbour, so good. who probably my favorite part of that movie, I, I like this movie, but it had such incredible weaknesses, especially with its villains. Its two primary villains were so laughable and just ridiculous, and it just didn't feel nearly as well connected to itself as a lot of Marvel films do. Uh, so at the end of the day, I, I liked Black Widow. I did, but certainly not, you know, certainly it's easily my my least favorite of the comic book movies this year. All right. At number five, a movie I liked more than Black Widow, Eternals. Uh, again, look, it was a very, we've said this over and over again. This is the refrain. It's such a different like this is so such a radically different Marvel movie. Like nothing else comes close to how absolutely opposite it is from everything they've done. 
it's it's long, a lot of exposition, but I thought the whole way of expanding the Marvel Universe in ways that they've never done it before, telling a completely different story. Uh, I really quite enjoyed Eternals a lot. There are parts of it that I think are brilliant, but it has its downsides as well. So I have Eternals as my number five best comic book movie of 2021. And number four, I'm wearing a sweater, Venom 2. I love Venom. <laughs> I, I don't care what anybody says. I love that first Venom movie, and I had a hell of a good time watching the second Venom movie. I, it had everything that I wanted to have. It just kind of doubled down on that incredible dynamic between the between um, uh, the symbiote and uh, Tom Hardy. It just, their, their dynamic together. I could have watched a whole movie of them just talking to each other. Like, seriously, the whole movie is just the two of them in, in his apartment and just talking back and forth. I could have watched it. I thought the Carnage fights was great. I, I enjoyed it a lot. Now, it was very short. I would have liked, even though I like the lighthearted tone of it, I could have gone with a little bit more seriousness. Like, absolutely, look, a lot of people die in this movie, but I could have done with a little bit more seriousness to it. Still, overall, I really, really enjoyed Venom 2. So that gets my number four movie. All right. My number three is James Gunn's Suicide Squad. I love this movie. I I love this movie. It's also probably the biggest financial bomb out of any movie on this list, but I don't mm -hmm. care. This movie was bonkers good. I loved everything about it. I love the sensibility that James Gunn can only bring to a James Gunn kind of movie. Uh, they even made John Cena a character I really, really enjoyed, which is why I have any interest at all in watching the upcoming Peacemaker. I thought he threw in like also really great heartfelt moments, like the whole thing with Ratcatcher and Ratcatcher 2 between the, the dad and the, the daughter. I mean that they so he could throw in these or just little moments like King Shark looking out a window and seeing a couple standing together on the street and you can feel that emotion on top of all the wild kills and all the violence and everything. I adored Suicide Squad too. It is my number three favorite comic book movie of the year. Number two, another triumph. Just saw it. Spider-Man No Way Home. Uh, I think this very, you know, it's it's not an easy task when you consider how much I like Homecoming and how much I like Far From Home. It is not an easy task to come out and then be the best of the Marvel Cinematic Universe Spider-Man movies. But it did it, and it did it pretty handily. This e easily quickly became my favorite of the MCU Spider-Man movies. And not just a great movie in and of itself, but it accomplished both things. It Number one was a great movie on its own, and it was a great conclusion to the MCU trilogy of Spider-Man films. They, they found a way, John Watts, the director, has just done a great job with this franchise. They found a way to make it stand on its feet in both. It's a standalone film and as the conclusion to a trilogy. It was just a special, special, special movie, and I cannot wait to watch it many more times in the theaters. And that leaves us with number one, which is not really going to surprise anybody for me, but it is, again, one of those movies that I wasn't expecting a whole hell of a lot from, but it's Shang-Chi. I still think Shang-Chi is the best comic book movie of the year. Um, everything from the, the, frankly, Academy Award nomination worthy performance by Tony Leung. I, just him as as uh, Shang-Chi's dad. He was so great in it. They introduced a whole new level layer of mythology to the MCU. It was 
fun. The action was incredible. Some of the best martial arts I've seen in any movie since The Raid. Not as good as The Raid, but since The Raid, I can't think of a lot of other stuff I've seen, maybe any, that's had better, more exciting martial arts action than this did. So it had the fun element. It had the great humor, had fantastic action, great underlying mythology. You had the great Tony Leung in there. And I had to go see it in theater seven times. I saw it in theater seven times. So, I mean, for me, everybody's list is going to look different. But for me, the rundown is this. Number six, Black Widow. Number five, Eternals. Number four, Venom 2. Number three, Suicide Squad. Number two, Spider-Man No Way Home. And my number one comic book film of the year. Do I just a bit over Spider-Man is Shang-Chi. So that's kind of my take. I have to butt in real quick, John. Yeah. Sorry about that. Um, so... You're only doing theatrical releases, well, that, right? Well, that was the question, yeah. Okay, okay. So Justice League, the Zack Snyder thing is not included. No, because they asked specifically okay. theatrical. Okay. Justice League. Just making and, that clear. And, I mean, that does bring up an interesting question about where would I put Justice like that. I, I don't know because it's it's a director's cut. I mean, it's the same movie, yeah. but a different movie. So I'm not, even, I'm not even quite sure why I'd put it on that list. I mean, it wouldn't be... I mean, I would definitely put it above Black Widow. I think I would put it above Eternals, but I'm not sure from there. Like I, it would, I wouldn't have it above Shang-Chi and I wouldn't have it above Spider-Man No Way Home. I really like that Justice League, to be honest. <laughs> and I wouldn't have it above Suicide Squad. So it, it would really, for me, the fight then becomes where would it belong? Like the fight would be between Venom 2 and uh, right. the the Warner Brothers, the HBO Justice League, about right. which would be four and which would be five. That would be where I would have it. Too. Yeah, right, right around there. Because I, I again, I just, I love Suicide Squad, Spider-Man No Way Home and Shang-Chi. Um, but I, I would put it above Black Widow Eternals, but I'm just not quite sure how I would figure it in there. But again, the question was about theatrical ones. Your, yeah, your top three is like mine, except just in a different order. What would what would your order be? Spider Man, uh, Suicide Squad, Shang Chi. Um, I haven't seen Eternals, so let's leave that one out. Right. Um, then it would be. There's Black would, Widow and Venom too. I'd go Zack Snyder's Justice League if I were to put it there. But then I'd go Venom, and then I'd go Black Black Widow. So, Kim, if you're looking at the theatrical releases at any rate, yeah. how, would you, how would you rank them for you? Uh, six would be uh, Suicide Squad for oh, me. You didn't Sorry. Oh, you did. Sorry, it wasn't, I, it, it wasn't for me. Um, I, not to say that it, I don't think it was trash. It just wasn't for me. Got it. That's you fair know? enough. That's a um, beauty film. Yeah, yeah. But, but I did find those notes in there um, that did make me feel like with King Shark and um, the rat... Um, even a weasel, um, <laughs> but, um, Black Widow would be next. Right. Um, that's number five for me. I thought, it, I thought it was a really great movie, but I feel like for as long as Scarlett Johansson waited to have her own film, I felt like it just could have been a bit more savage, a bit more cutthroat. I wanted more from the Black Widow girls. I wanted, the fighting was good. It was too late too. The fighting was good, but yeah, it just. The movie was too late. It was too late, was but too I late. felt like you could have, you could have hit a little bit more on on that um that power and how they were spies and i just it was lacking for me um venom next i thought right. andy circus did a wonderful job i really liked it i love the runtime they packed in everything that i wanted um it, for me it was a perfect uh, superhero movie or anti-superhero movie, if you will. And one of my biggest complaints about the first one was obviously Venom is black in his color and having a lot of nighttime fight scenes with his body and his skin, if you will, up against the backdrop of night. 
the first one, I couldn't freaking see. So I, right. I just, <laughs> I really liked that I could see what was going on in this one. So Venom, definitely. Um, Shang-Chi, oh my gosh, I love this film. That's my number three. Um, Eternals, because it really just opened another world. It opened another world. I thought Chloe Zhao did it in such a beautiful way. I thought with all these characters, and there were a lot of characters in this movie, very quickly, you were able to understand whose personality and who does what. And even when certain characters made choices that were like, you oh, you're not a part of the group or whatever, you understood why without being like, oh, I'm so new. I don't even know. I thought they did a great job with having that many characters and being able to flesh them all um, out in that way. And I just thought that visually, again, fine wine here in Marvel, it was a beautiful film. The beauty that the film came through um, was just gorgeous to me. And number one, is Spider-Man. I mean, I, I could go on and on. You guys know I could go on and on, but Spider-Man, all the feels, fantastic film. It did have its problems, but to live up to that hype, because the hype that we created, I mean, the marketing, they create their own, but we freaking created a lot of hype that made it almost like impossible to live up to, and they exceeded it, and we saw it in the numbers, obviously. So, But at the end of the day, um, comic book fan or not, it was a great film. So that's my list. And again, at the end of the day, it just kind of point like when you go over that list, you just realize, you know, this was a pretty solid, good year for comic book movies. Yeah. I mean, even if you, you there were a couple you didn't like, I mean, with out of those six alone, there are several that you probably loved. And so I thought it was a pretty good one. Anyway, let me, let yeah, me hit Kim with a question. Where would you put Justice League if you had to put it in that list? Because some people are asking in the chat. Oh, yeah, sure, Just guys. Just um, Justice League, I would have put Justice League as my number four. Instead number of four. Venom, I, I would have Justice League because I thought Justice League, even though it was a director's cut, everybody was just more cutthroat in the way that they should be. Wonder Woman was the Wonder Woman we should have seen. When she got in the air and swiped that guy's head off, no remorse, let's get back to business. Because Gal Gadot, she's so sweet, and her her Wonder Woman is a philanthropist, <laughs> if you will. Um, this one was like, I'm a warrior, don't you forget it. And I just love the story, except for Martian Manhunter. Um, I love the story so much more, so that's so where I would put number it. Number four. All right, guys, question is for you. What did you think of this year, 2021 for comic book films, and how would you have ranked the six theatrically released ones? Whatever you guys are feeling, jump on down to the comment section below and let us know your rankings there. Okay, guys, with that down, let's move on to main topic number three. Kim, what is our third main topic today? All right, guys, this is coming from Charlie Bryce. He says, hey, John and crew, I saw the show a few weeks ago where you said that Disney was just quietly releasing Death on the Nile. Well, they released another trailer today. Do you think this is them starting marketing for the movie? What's your thoughts? And are you going to see it? Thanks. All right. Thanks a lot for saying that. In. And yeah, Death on the Nile. I mean, one of these days they'll have to make a movie about the drama the surrounding drama. Death on the Nile. <laughs> yeah. Because not only did it run into issues with pandemic and like a lot of films in this era did, but then it also had to deal with the Army Hammer situation and all yeah. that kind of stuff. And for a while, it started to even seem like they weren't even ever going to release this movie. I mean, they had to do something with it, but we, I mean, we just didn't know what it was going to do. 
then it kind of started to feel like, well, I guess they are going to drop it in February and they'll probably just let, let it quietly come out and then move it on to Disney Plus at some time. But they have released a new trailer for it. Now, not surprisingly, they did it very smart. Because if you did a trailer for this and you had no Army Hammer in it, mm-hmm. everybody would be talking about the fact that they cut Army Hammer out of the trailers and completely. Mm-hmm. But you don't want to focus much on Army Hammer either, even if he is the main male male character in the movie. So they did the perfect thing. They basically they basically kind of kept him out of most of it, but you just had a couple of glimpses of him. So that's that's what they kind of did there. So they're marketing and looks, I gotta say what I, I think. This is a good trailer. It's a good trailer. I, I've never said his name right, and I never will, but Hercule Poirot, or however ever it says. I mean, this is a fascinating character that I love. Um, I, and again, I love the great Kenneth Branagh. So, I mean, there's a lot going for this movie. Am I going to see it? Absolutely, I'm going to see it. I'm absolutely going to see it. Um, and I'm excited to see it. Now, I was a little bit disappointed by Murder on the Orient Express. I did not love Murder on the Orient Express. Like, I, I still liked it. I did, mm-hmm. but I thought it was a cop out of an ending. I really hoped they would do something different with that. It wasn't quite as tight as I was hoping it would be. I mean, it, it was good, but it just didn't live up to that Kenneth Branagh kind of class I thought it was going to bring to it. But I'm hoping that they learned some lessons for that. I'm hoping Death on the Nile is a step up. So I'm surprised they dropped a new trailer. I, I was really honestly expecting it to maybe just very quietly come into theaters. Um, I mean, they're not giving a big ramp up for it because it comes out in like a month or a month and a half or something like that. So it's not too bad. So we'll see if they do more of a marketing campaign and how they're going to manage it. But uh, overall, I thought the trailer was quite good, even though I'm surprised. Ray, I know this movie's right up your alley. Oh, like, yeah. I saw you go like going all day. All day. All day. Now, what do you think about the Ticket watch. Death on the Nile. <laughs> Ticket watch. Ticket watch. Um, I'm going to make this short and sweet. No, I'm not going to do this movie. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just not into the murder mysteries. I never nope, get it not. right. I never get it right. I'm always thinking the first person that everyone thinks murdered the person. I'll stick with that the whole time but that's the and be so wrong. Like I never get, get the clues. It always goes over my head. <laughs> I'm the last person you need to ask who murdered somebody. But I'll, you know what the funny thing is? I'll watch a documentary about the whole thing. That's what I was going to say. Like for somebody who doesn't want to watch murder mysteries, he watches like all the thinking will make stuff. me smarter for these movies. But I'll never get it. I, I won't win in Clue. I won't do any of that. Don't invite me to any of the murder parties or He's whatever. Like he was the Uber Eats driver. Yeah, That's I'm not just a the guy like, oh, the first person that I think it's it, that's it. That's it. There's no other questioning. Let's not just do it. Mustard. Yeah, I'll be the worst cop. Yeah, don't ever put me in that sort of line of work ever. Kim, okay, go ahead. Kim. Freaking hilarious. What did you think about the, uh, um, the trailer? I'm excited for it. I, I love Agatha Christie. I love mysteries. I love those group mysteries. I, I almost I want to call them escape room movies um, right. because it's like everyone's together and we must solve this and nobody can leave because we're on a boat or we're on a plane and you're stuck. I absolutely adore Kenneth Branagh as Detective Perot. That mustache, just his way. Oh, his, his accent. You love him, but he's a cutthroat detective. That accent's so lovable. And one thing I'm excited about is Gal Gadot's 
uh, character seems to have a little bit more complication to her where I feel like um, even with one Wonder Woman, I feel like a lot of her characters have been one note. And I feel like we are going to get a better performance out of her because I, it seems to me, I have no idea, but it seems by the trailers that her character is a bit more complicated and that begs for an actress to step up their game and give us more. And I want to see more from her because I know she can do it, especially if we're talking about uh, down the line doing a Cleopatra, hopefully if that still happens, I need to see more from her. And I feel yeah. like I might get it with this. So I'm very excited. Well, listen, this is her chance. Yeah. Yep. Because number one, she's kind of being given the de facto lead in the film. Mm -hmm. Number two, it is a classic source material piece. And number three, she's in the hands of a director like, look, we saw what happens when she was in the hands of, the, of a director of the caliber of Patty Jenkins. She was able to take, quite frankly, what I believe was Gal Gadot and elevate her above what she could normally actually do. Mm -hmm. It's going to be interesting to see if she can do that as well with um, with uh, Brana. And we're going to get a good sense to see how far she's come. And so I think this is really, and I'm going to be honest with you, I'm not expecting great things. I'm not, I'm not expecting a Meryl Streep performance here. But at this point in her career, I am expecting more. Yeah. And if she her. can show us more, this yeah. is her opportunity. Yeah. Like and I believe in show her. Us she more, can do it. Then that will go, I think, a long way to showing the rest of Hollywood, other than just working with Patty Jenkins, this will go a long way to showing the rest of Hollywood. She is actually evolving into a legitimate leading lady. Because mm -hmm. I don't think she's there yet. But this movie, this is the opportunity to show us how far she's come. And I think she's constantly gotten better. Mm -hmm. But she hasn't taken that... To me, as a performer, she's not taken that big next step yet. No. This is her chance. Yes. You know? So uh, we'll see. We'll see how that yeah. goes. All right, guys. The question is for you. What did you think about the trailer for Murder? Oh, not Murder on the Orient Express. For <laughs> this sequel, Death on the Nile. Right. Are you surprised that they put out another trailer? I'll be honest with you. I'm kind of surprised that they did. Did you like the looks of it? I personally did. Whatever you guys are feeling about it, jump into the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys, with that down, let's move into main topic number four. Kim, what is our fourth main topic today? Okay, this is coming from Joey McKay. While not the first place I would expect to get entertainment news, CNBC posted an article this week with predictions from media execs for 2022. While the article was interesting, I wanted to focus on the prediction that Big Papa Iger would once again take the reins over at Disney as CEO. With his retirement imminent, what do you think the likelihood is that it actually happens and would you want it to happen? All right. Thanks a lot for saying that in. And of course, yeah, one of the big stories in the world of entertainment and film has been, uh, and we don't often talk, the world of entertainment and film, average film fans do not often talk about studio executives. Bob Iger is an exception. Uh, big Papa Pump, Big Bob Iger. Um, he's been... <laughs> big Papa Pump. Big Papa Pump. <laughs> I can't believe you just referenced <laughs> Pulled out a Scott, Scott Steiner, Steiner. reference. <laughs> <laughs> big, big Papa Iger. I mean, he has been... Uh, I mean, he has been a force of nature. Uh, pro probably taking Disney through the most incredible era of success and growth and glory and victory the company has ever known. Everything from acquisitions of Pixar and growing out everything else. I mean, the guy has just been, he's the master. He's, he's big Papa Iger. I mean, that's what it is. Now, 
He stepped down, leaving massive, massive shoes to fill as in the CEO role. Obviously, Bob Chapek became that. And I'm not going to turn this into a let's gang on Bob Chapek video. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. We're not going to do that. But it is fair to say that Disney as a company has had more struggles, controversies, and lost face on a number of issues and things probably more in the less than two years that Chapek has taken over CEO than there was the entire run of Bob Iger. Not that Bob Iger didn't have his, his uh, missteps as well, but I feel like in a very, very short period of time, there's been more. And as a result, you know, we've seen falling stocks. This comes from the folks over at CNBC. It hasn't even been two years since Bob Chapek took over as Disney CEO, but one executive told CS, uh, CNBC, that there are already internal wagers at Disney about Iger returning. Disney shares have stumbled this year down nearly 20% year to date. Iger owns a lot of those shares. The board and Iger may get restless if Disney Plus growth stagnates, as it has started to stagnate a little bit, and the company continues to have turf tensions between executives. Not just executives, but also their creatives. There's been obviously the lawsuit with... Um, Scarlett Johansson is just a big part of that as well. So that's where this story comes from. So CNBC say they have a studio executive that have talked to them that says there's already talks going on. A lot of people at Disney are believing right now that Big Papa Iger will come back at some point in 2022 to resume the role of CEO. It should be pointed out that already twice Bob Iger has scheduled his departure as CEO and then re-upped and stayed. He's done it twice. So there's no reason to believe he won't do it a third time. Now, it should be pointed out, there was another interview with Bob Iger that came out yesterday where he's talking about why he's stepping down. You know, he said some very, very self-aware things. He said, you know, this is a... The dude's awesome. But he's like, you know what? I recognize that I was getting to the point where I was becoming very dismissive of other people's ideas. And that, to me, is a sign that maybe it's time for me to move on. It's like, well, first of all, you're amongst a very rare company that you would recognize that in yourself if that was the case, which means to me, you're the perfect guy to still be CEO. But at any rate, so he did talk about how why now is a good time for me to leave and blah, blah, blah. But he said that before. He has said that before. Look, do I believe that Bob Iger is going to come back as CEO of Disney? I don't. Do I think it's possible? I do. And the reason I think it's possible is let's go back to what was written there in CNBC is that whole thing. He is a major shareholder. And we're not, this is not about the pandemic because we're talking about this year. Stocks have gone down nearly 20% this year. Yikes. Between the embarrassments of the internal struggles, the reorganizational of the company, the whole public squabble that never needed to happen with Scarlett Johansson, People in the the Disney Parks fans hate Bob Iger. Or Bob, I mean, uh, Bob Chapek. Like, the, the Disney Parks fans, I never understood it, but I, I've, I've been seeing more and more of it now. I mean, they hate Bob Chapek. Mm-hmm. All that kind of stuff with stocks dropping. Do I believe... Do I believe Bob Iger would also love the shine that would come with 
Here comes White Knight uh, Iger again. I will come to save the day, my children. I'm not going to lie. I think there's probably a bit of that that Iger would really enjoy. Why did Hero just jump into my head? (laughs) Hero. Oh, God. John. He'll come in there and save the day. So, look, at the end of the day, do I think this is actually going to happen? No. I, I, I think, look, Iger is 70, which he is a very young 70. What? He is a, yeah, he's 70. He's a very, very young 70. He so, looks great. Oh, yeah. No, he he does. And I'm telling you, when I saw him at D23, he came out on stage, right, in, in this suit. And it was, a, it was a little bit warm in the eye. So he took it halfway through his, his talk. He took just a suit jacket off. And you're like, fuck you. Because he, he was like 68 and a half at the time. And he's got this very well-fitted uh, shirt, right? It's like... Okay, this is the Vince McMahon of the entertainment industry. Like he's probably rocking a Vince the McMahon. All natural the all natural. The yeah, all natural. Because yeah. we don't know what Vince McMahon's been dipping into. Because sometimes that's just way too much. Yes. Maybe yeah, maybe not as much. You know what much. I mean. Maybe not as much as Vince McMahon. But there was very much a, a Vince McMahon kind of um uh kind of stuff about that. So anyway. I I would love for this to happen because, I mean, obviously, look, do I believe Bob Chapek deserves more time? I do. But if I found out there was an option that Ch- that Iger could just come back in, get the ship set right, and then reselect another CEO again in two years, I would probably take that option. And again, and I say that as somebody who believes Chapek deserves more time. But if I could press a button right now and say Iger comes back in, steadies the ship, gets everything set on the right course again, and then do a new CEO selection after that, I would say, yes, please. Yes, please. I would like that very much, but I I don't think they're going to do it. I don't think it will. I think it's possible, but I don't think they will. Kim, you think we're going to see Bob Iger return in 2022 as the CEO of Disney? I don't, but what I would like is for him to kind of come in and take a big brother counseling role and say, hey, brother, let me show you how a real man does it. Uh, that's what I would like to see. Um, I, I don't hate JPEG, but the mistakes he's making for the company that you are representing is unacceptable. And it would be nice if Iger could maybe stick around a little bit. Like, don't leave. Like, stick around. Maybe consult in some way, but help get this ship back on track. Um, but no, I don't think we're going to see him um, come back. I think it's. I think it's tempting to him. I, I don't know anything about the man personally, but I I would imagine that there's moments that he looks at what's going on and he looks at the legacy that he worked so hard to build. And it might be very tempting to go make a U-turn. Let's go walk into HR and get my office set back up. <laughs> <laughs> didn't, they, didn't they announce recently about the lady supposed to be taking over? No, no, no. So the, those are two different roles. Oh, okay. Sorry. So, so, sorry. So for, for, for a very long time now, Bob Iger has been both the CEO of the company and chairman of the board. He's held both roles, which means that Bob Iger's power at Disney has been unquestioned. He has unfettered power at Disney. I mean, he did when he was both CEO and chairman. So he gave up the CEO role to Bob Chapek and he kept the chairman I see. role. Okay. And then just recently 
he stepped down from the chairman role. Well, he's still the chairman for now until the end of the year, so just a, a few more days. Uh, then they selected the next chairman of the board, okay. uh, which is going to be Amanda. So th there's, there's that. So we're talking about maybe him coming back in as CEO again. So I don't know. I mean, it's... Look, I, I almost feel like Hawkeye in Infinity War when Scarlett Johansson, Black Widow, goes to him in the rain after he kills a few more Yakuza, and he says, don't do it. Don't give me hope. That's what I feel like when you're bringing up this Bob Iger stuff. I feel like, don't, don't do it, CNBC. Don't give me hope. Don't give me hope. Please don't give me hope. I don't know, but we'll, we'll whatever. Guys, the question is for you. What do you think about it? Do you think there could be a chance that big Papa Iger could return in 2022? I honestly, I don't think he will, unfortunately, but I sure hope he does. And I think there's a good reason. To, if you do believe he will, I think there's some logical reasons there and arguments to make about why maybe you'd think that. Whatever you guys are thinking, though, jump down into the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys. With that down, let's move on and start taking your live comments, shall we? Once again, if you want to get a live comment, not a question, but if you want to get a comment on the show and you're watching live, and only if you're watching live, use the YouTube uh, chat feature with the Super Chat to send it in. I'll leave the Super Chat open for another two or three minutes. So if you want to get a question or a comment in, I should say, if you want to get a comment in, you got about two more minutes to fire one in, and then we'll get through all those. And then we'll go on to the questions in just a little bit. So, Kim, where are we at with the Super Chat? comments all right first i want to say thank you to ramon for sending in a super chat thank, thank you, you ramon this comes from al renshaw chapik i got this Iger. <laughs> Iger, i think not now get out of my office get the hell out of my chair <laughs> oh i almost uh, feel like there's a, a true life episode of succession going on over at disney right i just ah, <laughs> oh, come on all right totally such a roman What's anyway, next? Abraham Ruiz says, y'all should check out the video Bully McGuire and Avengers Infinity War. Some of the greatest 15 minutes on YouTube. LOL. I saw it. It was cute. I, cute. I didn't think it was great. Did what, you like it? Did what you, is when it you about? have nephews, you see move, stuff like that all the time. And they definitely were like, Auntie Kim, check this out. <laughs> I thought it was funny. I will just say this. Don't let anybody tell you. Just just watch it at some okay, point. And see, okay. and, and right. see what you it's think funny. about it. All right. What's next? Al Renshaw says, Iger walks into JPEG's office. Look at me. <laughs> I am the captain now. <laughs> okay. I do think Iger would make significant changes if he did come back. Oh my gosh. Somebody, you know, somebody's going to make a video now on YouTube. <laughs> oh my they take that scene from uh, Cap. What's the name? Captain of the Phillips. Captain from Captain Phillips. And they're just going to put the Bob Iger and Bob JPEG heads over it. I'm the captain now. I would love it. I'd watch that all day. All right. What's next? A. Marcellus says, Campia, your punishment oh, is... Oh, did we miss something? Uh, John oh, John, John, I'm sorry. John Redcorn says, favorite 2021 comic book films ranked seven Black Widow, six Snyder Justice League, five Eternals, four Venom 2, three Suicide Squad, two Shang-Chi, and one Spider-Man. I think that's going to be very, would be a very common ranking for a lot of people. Thanks right for on, that bro. in, John. All right. What's next? A. Marcellus says, Campia, your punishment is catch up on eggs while watching every DC animated film. Ugh. Furthermore, you will write an essay explaining why you love the idea of a live action Kid Robin. <laughs> the judges have spoken. Yeah, yeah, that's the, none of that will happen. None of that. <laughs> but if you want to come up with things that I would totally hate, you got all of them. All right, what's next? James Argenta says the Doctor Strange 2 poster hints at three Stranges and two Scarlet Witches in the movie. Also, one week to Boba over under 30%. We see Cad Bane 
or Quira and Kira and Boba Fett. Um, I, I it's funny because Ann and I this morning we were watching a new little feature out on Boba Fett. It's like, oh, it's next week. Boba Fett starts next week. Oh. I'm so I mean, we've been so wrapped up in the Spider-Man excitement and, and the the finale of Hawkeye. Totally forgot. One of the things I'm really seriously looking forward to is Boba Fett. I'm gonna go under 30% on both, but I wouldn't go under 10. I wouldn't go under 10% on that. But if you're gonna give me the over underline of 30, I'm gonna go under 30 on that. All right, what's next? John Redcorn says, Ray. Did you see the Lakers last night? At this point, I'd rather watch Space Jam 2 again than watch these guys play. What a disappointment. LOL. Do they are, are they still above 500? The last time I checked, there were three games above. Are they like 500 again? Or I don't know. All I know is these injuries. And every time I watch the Lakers, I'm like, maybe Buddy Heald was the way to go. And kept, you know, Kuzma and them. I don't know. Anything would be better than... Uh, what's going on right now? I'm su- I'm so surprised they let go of MVP. Yeah, Caruso. yeah, I know. I, I was know. really shocked when I found out they let Caruso. Uh, but go. you know, uh, oh yeah, Caruso. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that one hurts. I I don't want to talk about it. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm All right, sorry. what's next? Caden Stab says, "No way home was amazing. Took some time to gather my thoughts. Loved it. Two, let multiverse of madness theories and madness." begin and three hawkeye finale eh. Eh. yeah i oh god i i was really hoping and expecting they'd stick the ending because if they could have done the episode six as well as they did episode five yes then i, I think this would be a winner show mm-hmm. but yeah i i thought it was just full i had a couple of good moments don't get me wrong had some good moments but i think the humor was was on point i will give them that the humor i thought i laughed out loud several times right all right what's next ray lawner says an unexpected move for hawkeye to have an early appearance by oscar isaac saying somehow kingpin returned i have no idea where ryan's referencing maybe it's a dream i don't maybe all right what's next hosea xci says that sweater is sexy af i want it it's amazing yep my wife and got me got me this this ugly christmas sweater i came in today and i was like john that sweater looks dope on you i love this sweater and got this for me i really really like it it's almost hawkeye colors though it is almost hawkeye (laughs) colors actually now that it is you're right. Of, I didn't uh, even notice that. A lot of folks commenting on that sweater, oh. asking where you got it. Or got whatever. it from my wife. My yeah, wife so. got it for me. I don't know where she got it from, but my wife got it for me. All right, what's next? Suthia says, may we please have a Hawkeye discussion today? Yes, there will be a Hawkeye open spoiler discussion later today. All right, what's next? Ismail Montoya says, guys, did you notice the Doctor Strange trailer that the location where Wanda was picking trees was Mount Wondegore, where, where Synthon is imprisoned and mutants trained? I think that's speculation, and I I don't think that will end up being accurate, but who knows? Maybe. All right, what's next? SH says, I'm shocked. Matrix 4 has a positive critic rating. Yeah, the last I checked, it was sitting at 70. What? It was sitting at 70. So hold a second. Uh, Come through, Neo. Resurrection, rotten. So the last I checked, it was at 70%. So let's see if it's held that for now. It's it's dropped a little bit, so it's down to 68%. So, yeah, I mean, the majority of critics are liking it. I don't have a lot of high hopes for Matrix Re- Resurrections, to be honest with you. And, and I'm not yeah, I'm not boy. hearing great things. And But it's got 68% right now. Let's see what happens. I'm going to go see it later today. Ann and I got our tickets. We're going to go watch it later today. Oh, we'll, nice. We'll okay. see how it goes. All right, what's next? Irrelevant and Beyond says, screw you. I love the Ewoks. John Campia. Yep. I, one of my favorite rants of all time. 
is screw you. I love the Ewoks. I, and it's a very well thought out logical argument about why everybody should love and fear the Ewoks. And I'll do it. And I'll go into it another time. But yeah, the Ewoks are like, like if you don't adore the Ewoks, if you don't fear the Ewoks, then you're not paying attention. So we'll just we'll just <laughs> say that right now. All right. What's next? Paths Unwritten says Henry should get raised two two. No one else using it. Oh, that's right. I should uh, I should uh, get that and throw it over. No, no, I won't do that to Henry. <laughs> because then he'll watch the show and be like, why do they hate me so yeah, much? Why do they hate me? they yeah. won't understand John's undying my, love. Covering my welcome. face with that Spider-Man mask. We welcome but- Cavill on this show. Anytime, Cavill. <laughs> Anytime Henry wants to come on, he's more than welcome to be here. All right, what's next? Brendan Blood says, hi, John, Ray, and Kim. Happy re-enter the Matrix Day. I can't wait for tonight. <laughs> Got my tickets and I'm ready to be blown away i hope i am blown away with you man i'm I, seriously i hope i love it i hope it's it's fantastic um and we'll again i haven't had high expectations but let's see how it goes all right what's next rep proctor says i went to the theater for the first time in over a year last night nice. and saw no way home last night absolutely loved it now i'm hoping sony gives andrew garfield his third movie he was so good by the way did you notice all over the, there's headlines everywhere all the headlines. I'm hearing Fans it. demanding Andrew Garfield gets a third movie. And I'm like, y'all bandwagon jumpers. I've been singing the praises of Andrew Garfield and Spider-Man. And everybody's like, oh, no, Andrew Garfield's not against Spider-Man. Oh, yeah? Yeah, now, now how the song the song has changed its tune. All right, oh, what's, wow. what's next? Wow. Christopher Brickner says, Matrix 4, four reviews are better than I thought they'd be. Uh, listen, at 68%, I'll agree with you. I, I think they are better than I thought they would be. Now, let's let's see how they settle. Does it go up a little bit? Does it go down a bit? But at 68, that's even better than I thought it would be at. All right, what's next? Bobby Jackson says, Captain America is still Cap in a modern world, and I think the same can be done for Superman. No, Captain America changed. He's old man when, Cap. when you watch, and I'm not just talking about old man Cap. I mean, if you watch the MCU films, Steve Rogers, I mean, the first uh, uh, time Cap, Cap pops up like in uh, Avengers after the first Avenger. Yeah, he's still that 19, you know, whatever the World War II Cap was because that's where, that's where he just was. Mm-hmm. But as the movies progress, he changes to the point where he comes walking out of the shadows in Infinity War with that beard, Dope. that scruff, catching the spear Love and like the audience. And get, no, he changed and he evolved. And I, I would suggest that that would be with like if we're saying that this Superman doesn't even have its his origins in the 1970s or 60s, but his origins are now here. I mean, yeah, you evolve that you can keep some of the same traits for sure. But there are some you absolutely have to change because they do not work today. And I that's why I thought Man of Steel did such a good job with that. Anyway, all right, what's next? Dalton Gray says, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness looks pretty dope. Kim and Ray, you guys are the best. John, you the man. Thank you so much, Dalton. Yeah, I, I agree. Like, Doctor Strange, I mean, who knows? We've all seen great trailers to terrible movies. Maybe Doctor Strange 2 sucks. But I thought the trailer's pretty damn good. I'm very excited about it. All right, what's next? Jake Vidmar says, it's crazy to think that if a Man of Steel sequel was announced tomorrow, it likely wouldn't come out until 2023 or later, a decade after the first. Is that when it, 2013, is that when the, is that when Man of Steel Whoa. came out? That sounds about right. Dang. That sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. If they announced a Man of Steel tomorrow, it'd probably not come out until 2024. 
or uh, sorry, you're right. 2023 is probably when it would most likely come. Yeah, that is weird to think this, that then it would have been 10 years. Wow. That is kind of nutty to think about. All right. What's next? Norwegian Kryptonian says, didn't they try a return to Donner Superman with Superman Returns? In many ways. Yeah. I mean, but at the same time, they made that Superman also far more reflective. He was, I mean, one of the things I really like about Superman Returns I often say this Superman Returns was, I thought, a very good movie that was not a very good comic book movie, but they definitely made a more reflective Superman and they really went into the internal struggles of him struggling to understand his place in the world as the God man. And then on top of that, the fact that he has a woman he loves that he doesn't quite know how to identify with. Now he finds out he has a child. I mean, so on that level, I thought they did a lot of good things, but you're right. They tried very much to channel the Donner, at least the essence of the Donner Superman in that. All right, what's next? Paths Unwritten says, Vaughn wants Superman, same as an actor wants a job. A little bit different because Warner Brothers and Vaughn had actually discussed it. And Warner Brothers was actually very warm on the idea. And then it kind of got derailed. So this is a bit different than, you know, some random actor on the street saying, hey, actor, would you like to be in an MCU movie? Well, sure. Headline, actor wants to be in an MCU. This is a little <laughs> bit different because this this was something that was going to happen at some point. So it's it's a little bit different of a situation. All right, what's next? Kevin Cowell says, love the Hawkeye episode six. Just felt like it needed more episodes to flush out each character's resolution. Love the post-credit scene. I'm with Ray. Ah, uh, yeah. I, I listen, Kevin. All I can say is that I wish I was you. I, I wish I felt the same way you did. So I'm glad you enjoyed it. I'm glad you had a good time. And uh I, I will say this with the post, uh, the, one of the hardest laughs I had last night was Ray out of nowhere sings out. Kevin Feige says, fuck you. <laughs> and I'm like, and I just, I started laughing. I started laughing my dad damn head off when he started saying that last night. So if you guys saw it, you'll know what we're talking about. All right. What's next. All right. The next one's from Noah Aguilar. I really liked last night's Hawkeye, but King pin felt like a jobber to me. Did we? Oh, that was okay. Um, I I don't want to go into details. I'll, I'll I'll we'll go more into it on the open spoiler discussion yes uh, later today. But I I will say yeah, this felt like a very very Walmart version of of Kingpin. Uh, it just it's it's not the same Kingpin. This is not the same Kingpin from the Netflix series. It's just not. So yeah, I just I was pretty disappointed with it. All right, what's next? Casey Mack says, "Is that really super strange though? Supreme, Supreme strange." He didn't get redemption. he? Oh, God. Let me start over. Casey <laughs> Mack says, is that really Supreme Strange, though? Didn't he get redemption in What If? He looks more like an evil Doctor Strange. Well, again, all we see him, we don't see him do anything. We don't know he's evil in this thing. He very well could be there to help our universe's Doctor Strange, for all we know. Like, yeah, if you look at how What If ended and what his role was, he kind of did come back. To the What If Doctor Strange at some point came back to his senses. And it's like, we got to try to set things right. So that could be the Doctor Strange, the darker Doctor Strange, just because he's got a darker beard and going talking like this. That doesn't necessarily mean he's evil. He may be evil. He may be heroic. I mean, we don't know. We'll have to wait and see. That is the formula for evil. Yeah. Just look this? at Mr. Spock in Star Trek. This. Yeah. Yeah, that's the evil. What's next? Planet Culture says, I'm sorry, John, but the final episode of Hawkeye and the series as a whole was ass to me. Some highlights, but the comedy was really bad, ruined it for me. You know what's funny? I didn't find the comedy all that bad. Some of the I actually find myself laughing with the comedy. 
to me, the comedy wasn't the problem. To me, the problem was it just wasn't a very good show overall. You're right. It had a couple of episodes I, I, I enjoyed. Um, there were certainly moments and elements of it that I quite liked. But again, I don't want to go into any details, but uh, I'll just say at the end of the day, Hawkeye is going to be a show that I, I wasn't thrilled with. So, yeah, we'll just say that. All right. What's next? James Santee says Con- conspiracy theory. Toby Maguire equals hamster and robot. Not really quite sure what we're referring to. All right. What's next? All right, Never Lose Your Nerd says, what a great day this has been. Was finally able to see the new Xbox, to get the new Xbox Series X, and I'm off till Tuesday. Love you all, and Merry Christmas. Ah, having some days off is nice, especially around the Christmas holidays. That's awesome. And enjoy your Xbox Series. That's what you have, right, right? Oh, yeah. You have the Series X? Yeah. You have two of them. Yeah, I bought the smaller one because just in case I have to babysit the dogs here, I would have it on the road. That's right. He's got this mini Xbox wow. Series X you and then a, a monitor that attaches to it. So it's basically like a big laptop he can carry around with him and he brings it over and just sit down at the dining room table to. and plays Xbox. And that's why I'm broke, folks. Oh <laughs> <laughs> All right. What's next? Oh, Genevieve says, John, when Kate does that trick Clint taught her with the fighting her when, when f- wait a minute. When Kate can I read does that, that trick, no, Clint I... taught her when fighting Kingpin. Is that a spoiler? Uh, not really. No? Okay. All right. Go for it. Go ahead and fish it off. Okay. Um, when Kate does that trick, Clint taught her when fighting Kingpin, the cuff link is the same one Kingpin wore in Daredevil season one. Irrelevant. Doesn't matter. I mean, can he can he has the same it's the same actor, it's the same shaved head, he can have same cufflinks. It doesn't really matter. This is this isn't the same Kingpin. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how you can watch that episode and then and then still believe that it's the same Kingpin from the Netflix universe. There's everything about him has changed. But at any rate, we'll we'll talk about the more in the spoiler discussion. All right, what's next? Thanks for that for sending that in, Genevieve. All right, what's next? James Sente says, "Did you ever give Peter Jackson's phone number?" <laughs> uh, <laughs> you you guys have watched me for any period of time. You know the story that 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 throwback that James that you know the story behind that. I won't tell it again right now though. All right, what's next? Jack O' Lantern Audio says, "Baron Mordo is back. Yay! Yes, they worked hard to make him." A more complicated kind of antagonist with a personal relationship with Strange. Can't wait. I love this character. I love the motivations he he gave, what actually drove him away from the rest of the sorcerers, and is being played by one of the greatest actors in the world. What's not to love? Absolutely agree, Jack. All right, what's next? Marie Seifring says, with a $260 million opening weekend, No Way Home could have a 61% drop and still take in more than $100 million its second weekend. Yeah, and I and I do expect to see. I do expect we'll see more than a sixty percent drop. Now, John, isn't that? Don't you say that you want to fall in between fifty and sixty percent? Like, isn't more than sixty percent a bad thing? Yes, generally speaking, more than a sixty percent drop is a bad thing. However, when you are a movie that makes like a hundred and fifty million or more opening weekend, that means almost everybody went to go see it already, hmm. right? That means almost everybody went to go see it already. And so you can kind of expect to see it take more than a 60% drop. And I'm not saying it will, but if it does, it's a little different from a regular movie having a greater than 60% drop because almost everybody's already gone to see it. So I wouldn't be too, uh, I wouldn't be too worried about it, Marie. I wouldn't be too worried about it. All right, what's next? 
Fanimator says they added more cameos to Doctor Strange 2 to have more fun with the multiverse. Rumors for Mr. Fantastic and Professor X. I'm sorry, are those the rumors for Mr. Fantastic and and, uh, and uh, Professor X from WandaVision? Or the rumors of Mr. Fantastic and Professor X from Loki? Or the rumors of Mr. Fantastic <laughs> and Professor X in Spider-Man No Way Home or the rumors for Mr. Fantastic and Professor <laughs> Listen, ever since they bought Disney, there have been rumors of Mr. Fantastic and Professor X popping up in everything. Some of them, I, I even thought there was some credence to, but I mean, well, of course there's, of course there's rumors that Mr. Fantastic and Professor, because there's going to be in every Marvel thing until they actually finally appear. So we'll see. All right, what's next? Al Renshaw says, I would love to see you guys watch the Doctor Strange 2 trailer. After eating edibles, <laughs> chef pleasures with all the great ideas. Yeah, LOL. Chef pleasures, baby. <laughs> oh Get them edibles. <laughs> Bake it into Kim's cookies. <laughs> oh, yeah. Actually, I want to do a watch along just watching like Doctor Strange 2 uh, with those cookies. All right. Mm -hmm. What's next? <laughs> Guy from Kings Highway says, I watch your show so much that sometimes I forget whether I'm watching live or just shifting through the backlog. Oh, that's funny. That's funny. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Guy. We appreciate that. Aww. Thanks for being around and watching our show that much, man. We really appreciate that, dude. All right, what's next? James Sente says, Mel Gibson's Passion of the Christ 2 supposedly will go into production in 2022. That tagline better be... They crossed the wrong guy. I get it. The get guy. it. They crossed. My up. mom would hate that joke. Oh. Mom, I hope you're not watching. I know you would hate that joke so yes. much. Yes. <laughs> the only reason I'm laughing is because I'm like, he got that fire coming back, though. So, I, uh. I, yeah, this this is not going to do well. <laughs> I, I, I mean, the first one was a big financial hit, but with everything that, that Gibson's been, you know, been through and all that kind of stuff, I. I just don't think it's going to do well. I actually, look, I know they're saying they're going to do it. I still think there's a good chance this movie doesn't happen at all. Wasn't but, it supposed to happen a long time oh, ago? Oh, yes, yes. But a lot of movies were supposed to happen a long time ago, and then they, yeah. they eventually had. But I, yeah. I still got a feeling this one won't. But we'll see. I'm not saying it won't. I'm saying I got a, like, a little itch in my brain thinking it might not happen. But we'll see. All right, what's next? That was funny. John McKinney says, have you seen the trailer for Spider-Man? Lotus looks far more intriguing than No Way Home. But that's just me. No idea what that I even is. That is. No idea what that is. Is that a game? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> All right, what's next? <laughs> JJ the Sith plane says kingpin was a jobber all i'm going to say yeah and i will go into i'm not i don't totally disagree with you we're going to more details on that once we get into the spoiler discussion later but i i don't disagree with you jj all right what's next the m cluster says i was unfortunately underwhelmed by the hawkeye finale the confrontation between clint and yelena was not as emotional as it could have been and kate fighting kingpin was not believable again we'll go into the details of those scenarios and stuff like that later but i I find my, I, I agree with you, M Cluster. I, I do. I, and you know, especially after episode five that you remember, I was quite enthusiastic about. You like, were, you turned your train around, man. Yeah. I was you like, okay, like, oh. okay. Cause you and, were a Grinch after the first and second. But I was really ready to completely be on board after episode five. I was ready, like nailing the landing. I was ready to jump on board with the Hawkeye series. And I just, I felt like it sputtered. I felt like it sputtered. All right. What's next? A. Marcellus says, your Kingpin analysis just proved why so many of us Marvel Netflix fans are worried about those characters coming to the MCU. They are being MCU-fied. <laughs> well, yeah. MCU-fied. That's actually... McCoo-fied. Again, <laughs> McCoo-fied. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
Forget it. Just say it how it sounds. <laughs> no, no more. Uh, what do you call those? Abbreviations. Yeah, no more abbreviations. Just maku, makufi. <laughs> I, again, I, I won't go into details about why Amosels, but I, it's it's. Here's the thing, I, I think the issue is they're not MC makufying these characters. I don't think these are the same characters. I, I don't think they, they were ever intending them to be the same characters. I think they're I, similar characters being done by the same performers, but they're going to, but they're different than, but I don't know. We'll talk more about it in the spoiler discussion, yeah. but yeah, I get you, man. All right, what's next? Maku, Maku. <laughs> the man with the master plan says, good AM team. Thoughts on Hawkeye finale? Hmm? And yeah, Cavill Superman is awesome. So what did Kim win? Not just bragging rights, I hope. Make John pay, or better yet, break dance while eating ketchup and eggs. Nope, you don't get to set the parameters of a bet <laughs> after the outcome has already been determined. You got to do it before it happens. We didn't do it, which meant, I mean, if I had won, it would just meant that I would get to lord it over you that I won. I oh, didn't. no, I would have had you an You win, so you have to lord it over me. And, well, you should. I got two people sitting at that table now. I got a DJ in the back, are holding a win over me in the bet department. <laughs> so both of those fools over there are 1-0 and against the bigger fool in this chair. So, yeah, we'll see. All right, what's next? Ryder says, I haven't gotten around to watching Daredevil yet on Netflix, but this episode made Kingpin seem goofy to me when he was hyped to be menacing to be a menacing presence. I do not disagree with you, Ryder. We'll go more in detail since we do the spoiler discussion a little bit later today. But yeah, unfortunately, man, I, I quite agree with you. All right, what's next? Fanimator says, one, No Way Home slash Shang-Chi. Three, uh, Zack, Zack Snyder's, Snyder's Justice, Justice League. League. Four, Suicide Squad. Five, Eternals. Six, Black Widow. Seven, Venom 2. All right. Hated Get, Venom, huh? Doing a tie on the top spot there. All right, what's cool. next? Mark Goman says the Echo show might just end up being a secret Daredevil show. Echo, Daredevil, and Kingpin have way too many ties to one another in the comics. Here's the problem. After that show, I have neither any desire to see an Echo show. I have no desire to see Kingpin anymore. And yeah, for the, for there, I, I don't know. We'll, we will see what Kevin Feige has in his bag of goodies. Look, if, even if it is, they are moving forward with an Echo Show and all that kind of stuff. I will trust Kevin Feige until he proves me otherwise. I think he's earned the benefit of the doubt. He's like, you know, yeah. Of course, there's a Thor: of The Dark World. Of course, there's an Iron Man three. Of course, there's a Hawkeye. But his winning percentage is beyond impressive. And so he will get the benefit of the doubt from me if they do it. So we'll see. All right, what's next? David Ullman says, I'm interested in doing reaction videos that YouTubers occasionally do. What program do you recommend that shows people what I'm reacting to? Well, I mean, there's anything you can do. All you got to do, you can just edit it in post-production. I mean, or you can do it live. Listen, a, a very good, easy one, not the best one, but a good, simple and free one to use is OBS. And there's tons of... Um, uh, what's what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, tutorials. There are tons of tutorials on YouTube, tons and tons and tons of tutorials on YouTube about how to use OBS. It's very simple. You can show what's on one screen, plus you can show your camera at the same time, and away you go. Just be very, very careful about content strikes. That's all you'll be careful about. All right, what's next? Collins E says, one, Spider-Man, two, Shang-Chi, three, Suicide Squad, four, Eternals, five, Black Widow, six, Venom, and... 
Venom 2, they were all great. I mean, that's, I love getting, to, personally for me, everyone that came out, I at minimum liked. That's a good year for me. When I, when I saw all of them and I'm like, I enjoyed, at least enjoyed watching every single one of them. And I did. And you know, Black Widow was number six for me, but I enjoyed it. I did. I, I liked it. I just had some major issues with it that made me, you know, not love it. But yeah, there you go. All right. Nice list, Collins. All right. What's next? My Comic Planet says... Uh, THR just did an article regarding No Way Home success. They wrote, No Way Home is a mixed blessing of sorts. While it's indisputably a big win for theatrical box office recovery, it, uh, it also underscores the massive divide between big, splashy event movies and just about everything else. I have to agree. It seems if a movie now is not a major tentpole film, it flops. Very scary for studios. Here's the problem, though. You are still trying to evaluate that in terms of a 2019 mindset. In 2019, these other films could still do quite well, and they did. Right now, we live in a very specific time when, again, according to the Variety report, that 49% of at least semi-regular moviegoers haven't gone back to the theaters yet. Okay, so what are the ones that are going to be the first ones they go back to? Well, probably the big splashy ones. And until things get back to normal, if they truly get back to normal, I don't think that's unexpected to see. We need films like Spider-Man, as Paul Thomas Anderson would probably back up. We need films like Spider-Man to get people back into the theaters at all. So I still think like it's the same thing as people trying to evaluate box office results. It's like you've got to stop looking at box office results through the lens of it still being 2018, 2019. You have to recognize the context that we're in. Can you make the same baseline assumptions in the context that we're in as opposed to when we did in 2018 and 19, and you can't? So basically what I'm saying is I don't think there's any conclusions to be drawn right now other than a lot of people wanted to see Spider-Man. But beyond that, there's too many other asterisks involved here to, to, make, to form any baseline opinions. That, that's just my take on it for now. All right, thanks. Well, good thing to bring up, though, my comic plan. Thanks for adding that in, man. All right, what's next? Casey Mack says, I love murder mystery movies. Of course, we have Knives Out, too, but I recently rewatched Clue with Tim Curry, and it's still a classic. <laughs> Anne loves Clue. Anne and Corey love Clue. But I got to tell you, man, Knives Out. I watched it again a few weeks ago. And I remember loving the movie. I forgot how much I loved it. Knives Out is such a glorious movie. It's so wonderful. I cannot wait to see Knives Out 2. Um, just Ryan Johnson, whatever his love affair with Agatha Christie is, like he just brings it to the screen. Frankly, better than Murder on the Orient Express did. Um, I, so. I honestly thought Knives Out was a better Agatha Christie style movie than Murder on the Orient Express was, which is a literal Agatha Christie story. So hmm. I cannot wait to see what he does with number two. Cannot wait. All right, what's next? Mighty Tank One says, just crazy how Spider-Man grossed more in its opening weekend than Shang-Chi did in its entire run. Insane. Um, well, that's true of almost every movie. That, that's true of every movie that's come out. I think Shang-Chi, correct me if I'm wrong, I think Shang-Chi was the number one domestic box office movie. Not worldwide, but I think it was the number one domestic box office movie until Spider-Man came out. Yeah, I mean, it just, it was incredible. It's incredible what it did. All right, what's next? Elizabeth Gerardo says, just got my booster this morning. Hashtag bring on the filthy. Nice. I, I was, I hated this. I was scheduled to go get my booster last week and I totally forgot. Oh, Like I'm no. sitting on my couch and like, 
like relaxing eating lunch and then I'm realizing what was I supposed to do today again and I open my calendar like damn it I was supposed to get my booster day so I, I'm gonna try to do that in the next day or two if I can before Christmas hits all right what's next Josie reviews says jury duty with Ray must be so much fun <laughs> I have a hard time imagining a judge letting Ray sit on a jury I have never they have never chosen me he did it because remember, yeah, just like he says, the first guy he comes across in a murder suit, he did it. It's like they walk the defendant in the room. Oh, he did it. He did it. Can or we like, go home now? I would, I would, I would, I would pay to to be on a jury. Oh with yeah, you. man. I would pay I, money. I would yeah, be in those. No. I would love being in those deliberations. <laughs> Definitely. Not. Why do you think so? Just look at his eyebrows. Those are angry eyebrows. Those he got it wrong. He got it wrong. <laughs> All right, what's next? Charlie Perez says, Michael Keaton got added to Batgirl. I thought I heard something about that, um, which is makes sense. It would be interesting. I, I got to double check it, but I remember seeing some kind of headline about that. I'll have to look into that. That All could right, only be next. a positive, right? Michael Keaton, come on. Can't possibly be a negative. Yeah. It's never a mistake to add talent. All right, what's next? Casey Max says, by the way, love that Venom sweater you have, John. See? Thank you, Casey. Over and over again, I'm telling you. And Anne did a great job picking this out. I mean, she does she, she really have a matching did. one? Did you know the she one? She does not. Did you know the one she was gonna get you? No, what was the, the one, one with the give Santa um, taking a poop in the chimney? <laughs> I did not know that was the one. <laughs> that was her first me. one, and I was like, do it, do it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I it. think she chose well. I think she chose well. All right, what's next? <laughs> Chips Bewick says lots of anger over Disney being a monopoly monopoly and tanking movies bought by bought and Fox deal that were upcoming and released. Please talk on this some. Uh it's bullshit. They, they Disney Disney trust in Disney's greed. Disney wants to make money. Once they own the Fox films, they want to make money off them. I mean, just look at what uh, Free Guy did. They promoted the hell out of that film. So, yeah, no. Any idea that Disney is purposely tanking, any notion that Disney is purposefully losing money, especially under a Bob Chapek, any notion that Disney purposefully is losing money is fantasy. Disney is greedy. Above all things, they love money, as do most companies. That's the purpose for a company to exist. Greed is good. Greed is good. Greed works, says Michael Douglas. Um, yeah, so I, I don't I don't buy that conspiracy theory at all. All right, what's next? Collins E says the ScarJo lawsuit, the dismal rollout of Genie Plus, the Star Wars hotel fiasco, amongst others. Chapek has been abysmal. I want him out. Hey, listen, you're not going to get any arguments for me that his job performance has not been great. All, my the only thing I go back to is that any new executive needs to be given a few years. I think three. And we cannot forget nor should we underestimate how massive a factor is that he stepped in under the most impossible of circumstances. Disney parks were closed. Movie theaters were closed. Production was shut down. It is a total nightmare scenario. And that's the scenario under which Bob Chapek took over Disney. And do I like the performance he's done so far? You all know I do not like the performance he's given us so far. But I recognize... It was an impossible situation he stepped into, and you got to give him time. That being said, 
if Big Papa Iger says, I'll come back in 2022, <laughs> then you show you then you show Chapek the door right bye. away. Bye. Yeah. Bye, Felicia. Like what <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. All right, what's next? Going back to the oldies right yeah. there. <laughs> Pretty Cyber says. Chapek does not deserve more time. I turned down a job with Disney. The comments made during that interview about the culture turned me off. Uh, I, I, look, again, one of the things you have to recognize about Bob Chapek in the way that he's different from Bob Iger is that he's a buffoon when it comes to being a public speaker. And that's okay. You don't, not every executive has to be Bob, a Bob Iger level supreme master communicator. Not every CEO needs to be that. You can be a great smart businessman and have no, no skill at public speaking. You can and do well at it. Again, the only reason I say we need to give him time is because I don't believe even as fans, we can accurately understand how good or bad he will be until that amount of time has passed. And again, we're all just overlooking, like how good could anybody have done if they walked in under those circumstances? And I am no Bob Chapek apologist. Everybody knows that. I am no Bob Chapek apologist whatsoever. But I am a believer in giving somebody a fair shot. And as much as I do not like the job he's done, I don't think given the circumstances, he has yet been given a fair shot. How has he done up till now? Pretty piss poor. Pretty piss poor. Do I believe he'll turn it around? Not really. Do I believe we should see if he can? Yeah, I do. So, but again, if Iger wants to come back, then, you know, brush him out the uh, thing and, and bring him back in. All right, what's next? Caitlin E. says, John and Kim, I love your shirts today. I missed, uh, Hulk smash. Oh, no. What's that? They love our shirts. Oh, I think. Yeah. First of all. I love that. The, the, the whole Autobot badge on the arm is awesome. I love that Thank Autobot you. badge. That's pretty cool. I don't think there's one of that one. Yeah, there's that one. I love that. And what is Ray wearing? Nothing. Ray is wearing Oh, yeah. It's just, it's like, it's just olive hair. green. Olive green. Olive green. Olive green. You look like you're at a Kanye by Gucci. service. Oh, my God. He does. <laughs> now that you mention that, he totally does. I will look up that reference later. Hallelujah. All right. What's next? Yellow CT says, watch the rescue on Disney Plus. Amazing documentary of the Thai cave rescue produced by the same people who did Free Solo. Definitely a must watch. Ray, you watched this. Absolutely. I did. That what do you think? was great. It was. I didn't know. Yeah, I just didn't know a lot of the things going into it. From the, it went into more detail. It's it's crazy. I, right. I wouldn't do it myself. All right, what's next? Um. Okay, this is coming from Sam Fisher. It's one of two. Oh, I guess he didn't get it in in time. The Dang second it. one in in time. Dang oh, it. Well. well, the Kingpin in Hawkeye is a fundamentally different character. His speech pattern is different. He's not as socially awkward. And Netflix. KP and I Sam didn't get the second part in, but I would say I see where you're going with it, Sam. And I got to agree. I, I see where you're going with that. And I absolutely have to agree uh, with you on that. All right, guys, we are now done through all the live comments you guys have sent in. Now we're going to move on and start taking your questions. But before we do, we're going to just take a short little break here right now. Give ourselves a chance to go refill our drinks, stretch our legs, give you guys a chance to run to the bathroom, grab something to eat, talk amongst yourselves. So don't go anywhere, guys. We will be right back.
All right, everyone, and we are back. Thank you so much for your patience and indulgence as we took a little bit of a break there. And now we're going to get on over to your questions that you guys have been sending in. Once again, if you want to send in a question for the show to be right on the show or in an upcoming companion video, simply use the tip link down in the description of this video. Click on it there or enter it in manually at www.thejohncampionshow. Oh, that's the wrong one. Sorry about that. No, it's www.streamelements.com slash movieblogtv slash tip. You'll get your question read on the show or a companion video if... If we deem your question appropriate to be used on the show, and of course, you'll be supporting the channel at the same time, and all of us involved with the show, thank you guys so much for that support. All right, Kim, what do we got going on here? What's first? Okay, first up is Wyatt Bender. He says, hey, John, saw No Way Home on Sunday, and oh my God, not only did I lower my expectations, the movie brought them back up and heightened them even more. I was born in 1996, became wow. a fan of Spider-Man at the age of four. It ends in the most perfect way. I literally grew up with Peter Parker. I idolized this character. I turned 26 next Saturday, January 1st, going on 22 years as a fan and also a comic book fan as well. And give all the credit. Two. That's it. I can't. Nope. Nope. That's it. Uh, and give all the credit to Stan Lee and Ditko for giving us such a great character. All right. Thanks for sending that in, White. Um, yeah, listen, it is amazing. We've been talking a lot about how certain people like going to see Spider-Man, like they went to go see the first 2002 Spider-Man with their dad. This is one of my favorite ones. And then now they're going to go see, they're going to see No Way Home with their dad again and their son. It's just amazing how there's been this great Spider-Man continuity. I'm glad you're able to experience that, man. All right, what's next? This is coming from Sanji. The Lord of the Rings trilogy changed my life. Mm -hmm. I watched the hours of making of more than it's probably healthy to do. <laughs> A lot of us did. <laughs> I moved to New Zealand 11 years ago, nice. found my wife here, and we have now built a young family. More than the movies, I think the behind the scenes inspired an entire generation of costume, props, set and sound designers, yep. special effects and makeup artists, editors, and of course, filmmakers. Um, absolutely. Look, that's one of the great things about not only the behind the scenes stuff on the Lord of the Rings discs, but we were talking also before, even though I don't like the Star Wars prequels, the behind the scenes making of stuff features on the Star Wars prequel discs are awesome too. And you're absolutely right because you can watch those and understand that there's so much that goes into making the movies. And if you want to be a part of making movie magic, you don't have to be a great writer. You don't have to be a great director. There's so many other fields that you can get involved in. And those behind the scene features are massively key to that and will do a great job. So I think you're absolutely right, Sanji. They didn't only inspire people who want to make movies. They inspired people who to make movies in maybe ways they never thought they could be a part of it. And that's key. Thanks for sending that in, man. All right, what's next? Not Sam Wilson tips in $20. Oh, thank you, Not Sam Wilson. Hey, JC, here's a funny story. I went to see No Way Home Thursday in a packed theater. By Saturday, I started feeling under the weather. And yep, I tested positive for COVID. Oh, dude, sucks. It's all good, that. though. I was feeling better by Monday evening and No Way Home was awesome. I know you don't remember, but you and I have pretty different tastes. So here are my odd opinions. Salute to WandaVision, but Falcon and Winter Soldier is still my favorite Disney Plus series so far, I think. The world is watching is the best single episode of the MCU to date. The other three series have just been okay. 
And while I have loved all the MCU movies this year, The Eternals is my favorite. It was both expansive and intimate. They are quite literally fighting to save the world, and yet the fight takes place between a small handful of characters, both cosmic and personal, but never feels off balance. It was absolutely brilliant. Number one, Eternals. Number two, No Way Home. Number three, Shang-Chi. Number four, Black Widow. But they all have been enjoyable. Well told stories. In my humble opinion. Um, look, I quite like Eternals. Everybody knows that. And I'm glad you were able to see it and they enjoy it on that level. That's great. Again, and I like Falcon the Winter Soldier. And like The World is Watching was a very good episode. Okay, I don't think good. the best one the MCU has done, but I think very good. And I thought the series overall was good. Again, I still personally think WandaVision by far is the best one they've done. But that is the beautiful thing about these stories, Sam, is that the fact that we all watch these and they speak to us in very personal ways. Right. One movie, we're watching the same movie, but I may have a totally different experience than you because it touches us and it, it, it speaks to us in a different way than it will from anybody else sitting next to us. And we all have these different experiences. And the fact that you can watch it and have that experience is awesome. I watch WandaVision and I have that level of an experience instead. So that is the great thing about it. And I'm glad you enjoy the ones that you do, Sam. Thanks for sharing your thoughts, man. All right. What's next? Marie Reich says, I saw No Way Home Sunday evening, so I wasn't able to send in a super chat before the spoiler discussion started. But in a non-spoiler review, I will say I loved it. There were a few moments I didn't love, but the big surprises, the action, the humor, the heart was there. The ending was pretty bold, but understandable due to the circumstances. My only complaint is the number one character that was supposed to be in it and their appearance was disappointing and anticlimactic. Can't say more, can't say more why, but overall amazing experience back in the theater. I was in full house, like pre-pandemic levels, cheering and laughing. It was so busy. I couldn't even buy anything at the concession stand because the lines were at least 20 minutes long <laughs> each lane, plus 25 minutes of trailers of ads, plus Regal ad. Yeah, I, I I am so over Regal and AMC showing ads for themselves when the audience is already there. <laughs> Whatever. That that being said, there was something so special, Murray, about, and I, I think I mentioned this, but when we went and did our screening, just I took a moment because I didn't let it pass me by. I took a moment to just stand there in the foyer of the theater and look around and to soak in the sights and the sounds of a packed theater with an excited audience with long lines of the concession stand and everybody is buzzing with excitement about going in to see these movies. Then even when I came out, seeing more audiences going in and all these other audiences coming out, buzzing and having a good time. And it's an experience that we haven't got to have in a couple of years. As good as I loved, you know, A Quiet Place 2, and as much as I love West Side Story, and as much, West Side Story's best film of the year, and as much as I love Shang-Chi and all that kind of stuff, you know, the, the theaters haven't been packed yet. Right. And so we haven't had that to, to be there again. And I didn't want to let that moment pass me by. So again, I just stood there in the foyer for a bit and just kind of took it all in, soaked it in. I loved it. And I cannot wait till we kind of get back to that on a semi-regular basis. I don't know that's going to happen anytime soon. Like, I, I think this Omicron thing is, is probably going to start delaying. I, I don't think Morbius is going to come out on time. Yeah. If you can go to the movies, be safe and try to go. And honestly, don't take it for granted. Treasure it. Because like many people have written in. There are countries they can't. They, right they got their ticket. Now they can't go. Or, you know, for I, I don't want to be ominous, but 
I don't know what's going to be open in the next month. Yeah. So, so I, don't I, take I, it for granted. Yeah. If you have a chance to do something now, go do it now. Cause I don't know how much go longer with the right the people. All right. What's next? Paul star guy says sending a little extra today to celebrate my one year anniversary of watching your show. Nice. Yes. Mandalorian season two finale review. I've learned a lot and enjoy it a great deal. Having Kimberly and Ray on has made it even more fun. Keep up the great work. Oh, uh, thank you so much for that. First of all, Thank you for being a, a one-year anniversary viewer of our show. Thank you so much for that. You're right. Having uh, Kimberly and Ray in the studio is a lot of fun. And having you here is a lot of fun, dude. So thank you so much and for letting me know about our little anniversary that we have. So thanks for that, dude. Appreciate that. All right. What's next? Paul Star Guy says, some random thoughts follow. One of two. I know you dislike the Iron Man Jr. suit in Marvel, but did you know it has, it has also appeared in DC and CW? Batwoman now has a Luke Fox assisting her as Batwing in such a suit. Also, Supergirl has used such a suit when flying in space and presumably to ward off kryptonite. Yeah, them doing things in CW show, I don't know, really counts as something we should take into serious consideration. I'm not surprised. But again, having Spider-Man... Just being Spider-Man again is something I look forward to very much. Mm -hmm. and, and I say this as somebody who loves Homecoming and Far From Home. But, yeah, I'm very excited to see a true Spider-Man again. So, anyway, there's that. All right, thanks for writing that in, Paul Star Guy. All right, what's next? All right, Paul Star Guy says, Speaking of Supergirl, when she channeled Wonder Woman and Wonder Woman 84 to get in the minds of all the humans to help them empower themselves and her team to defeat their, their antagonist in her series finale. I'm not going to lie to you, Paul. I did not watch the series finale, nor the final season, nor the last couple of seasons of Supergirl. I, I ditched on that one fairly quick. Look, I, I'm one of these guys, just so you know, where I don't, want to just complain just constantly complain about something so if i'm watching a show and it's it's not working for me i tap out i i don't want to keep watching a show just so i can get on my show every single week and we can bitch and moan and complain about it i if i watch a show and i give it a bit of a shot and i realize it's not for me i i tap out and i move on to something i do enjoy and supergirl was one of those shows that just wasn't working for me i tried getting back on when the wonderful sam witwer uh, was was on the show as one of the villain characters because he's amazing. Um, but even even after that, I just I had to jump off it again. So I did not see the finale, so I'm not familiar with it. All right, what's next? Paul Star Guy says, I really enjoyed Ghostbusters Afterlife, which reminded me at the time of the original Ghostbusters, a group of us were driving home from a baseball game and found a Ghostbusters poster in the road. Our pastoral intern picked it up and immediately coined the term Sin Busters, <laughs> which we would say every time the theme song came on. He even did a sermon on it in another movie referenced sermon. Hold on. He says he had the congregation stand and say, I'm mad as Habakkuk and I'm not going to take it anymore. I'm sure you can. Ah, uh, Habakkuk, one of the, one of the <laughs> highly overlooked, one of the, what they refer to as one of the minor prophets. Mm -hmm. Uh, as they were two, not a very well-known story and the five woes and, and all that kind of stuff. But uh, I get the reference, Paul. I get the reference. <laughs> oh, yeah. Listen, my buddy Bruxy, um, he's a massive, massive, massive movie fan. Actually, I'm going to have Bruxy on the show at some point. I'm going to have him on the show. Bruxy is a really neat mix because he's like the, the, the pastor of like probably the biggest church in Canada. But 
and he's a hardcore pacifist, total nonviolence, total nonviolence. But oh, he loves his violent movies. <laughs> he loves his violent movies. And I'm actually going to have him on the show here because especially after watching Eternals, right? And with um, uh, Arsham, the judge popping up and, the, and the, the, that they created the universe. And I got a hold of Brux. I said, you know what? I would love to have you on sometime as to talk about how people of faith can watch these movies and like him, a hardcore pacifist, but totally loves it. I remember him saying once, Oh yeah, totally. Pacifism is my life, but pacifism makes for pretty boring movies. <laughs> That's what he said. So it's like, I thought it would be great to have him on sometime to talk about, and he's a big fan of the comic book films and all that kind of stuff oh, to talk that. about how a person of faith like himself uh, reconciles and, and how he engages like media, like, violent films or whatever. And uh, we're going to have them on sometime soon. It's going to be great to have Interesting. All right, what's next? Interesting. Paul Star Guy says, recently we discussed Revelation on Sunday School and the Mark of the Beast 666, which recent scholarships suggest is 616. The Earth, the MCU lies within, is also designated as 616. Coincidence? Mephisto? Mephisto? (laughs) Thoughts? Yeah, I've heard that, but that's not been established, just so you know, because there are some... Literary scholars who think that maybe 666 has been mistranslated and it's actually 616, but that's not commonly agreed upon yet. But it would be funny if it is 616 and then the 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 within Marvel's multiverse, for those of you who don't know, within the Marvel Comics multiverse, the regular world is what they refer to as 616. And so like in CW, they call it like Earth 1, Earth 2, whatever, but our universe is like 616. So, be, so yes, it's all about Mephisto. All Mephisto. All right, what's next? Tony Rodriguez says, oh, John, you got to see The Unforgivable on Netflix. It's going to be one of Sandra Bullock's greatest roles that never hit the theaters. I think it's based on a true story, a definite must watch. You know how Netflix is, but this is a great movie. Bring on the filthy. You had a chance to watch it. What were your thoughts on it? Holy cow. So good. Sandra Bullock. She's reminding us I'm not just cute, Sandy. I bring it and don't forget about my Oscar. And there's a scene with her and Viola Davis that uh, you can't miss. Viola doesn't have a major role, but much like she did in Doubt, she has this smaller role and this one-on-one with Sandra Bullock, and you just sit back, and it's just a master class of intense acting. You guys Watch it. You will love it. All right. What's next? Digavilli says, now I'm not a betting man, but I'd be willing to wager money that the mocap photo you have is either Tom Cruise or Jim Carrey. Either way, we are in for a wild phase four and five of the MCU. <laughs> you'd be mailing me a lot of money. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so I'm going to say in that, Digovi, uh, you'd be sending me a lot of money. All right. What's next? Dangerous D says, hi, John, the latest epic rap battle came out. It's so funny. The three Johns, Wick, Rambo and McLean was battling. It ended when John Campia critic critiqued their performance. Oh, kidding. I was going to say, that's amazing. It took a long time to finally get a new episode. Do you watch epic rap battles like new episodes? I, I don't I don't watch them like but, you know, there are a number of them I've come across and then watch, but I don't like subscribe to the channel and then watch each one that new comes out. So I have not seen this one. Sounds, it sounds clever though. I'll probably have to check it out at some point. Thanks for that dangerous. All right. What's next? 
All right. This is coming from Tim Tracy. Well, today's the day. After catching up on all the previous movies, my girlfriend and I will be going to see Spider-Man No Way Home today. And I'm happy to say with a mostly full theater, we'll definitely write back about the experience. Let's do this. I mean, that that is great that you get a chance to finally get out there and see it. I hope you have a great time and do let us know about your experience, Tim. I hope you guys have a fantastic experience. All right. What's next? Josh Pollard says, a huge thank you to those who were patient and courteous with the theater staff this weekend. It was rough. Myself and the rest of my management team just got off working a four 12-hour days in a row, Thursday through Sunday. Each and none of us got a chance to take a lunch break on any of those days because it was just too busy. And the majority of our floor staff is still too new and undertrained for us to just sit back. We spent probably 75% of our shifts on the floor backing up concessions or helping to clean theaters. 20% dealing with the guest issues and maybe 5% actually getting to do the back office work we need to do in order to make the theater run. As a movie fan, I'm glad to see a film break records again after two years, but holy crap, I am tired. Had Monday off and slept until 2 p.m. <laughs> now heading into the Christmas week, usually one of our biggest of the year. Wish us luck. I mean, listen, and Josh, it just goes to point to it again that people who work in movie theaters are our movie-going heroes. They're, they're our movie-going heroes. There are so many moving pieces to a theater operating. And I, I learned that. I mean, I've always known it, but when... At AMC, when we moved our AMC movie news operation into the cleared out glorified storage closet that was at AMC theaters at the AMC Burbank 16. And I actually got to see like the, the, they had a great general manager there and watching how the theater operated and all the moving pieces. Like you'd be, you think, oh, just open the door and hit play on the projector. There are so many complicated moving pieces to making a theater run. And for you guys to do what you do, making it possible and facilitating us movie fans getting to go and have those experiences. You're our movie going heroes. So thank you to everybody who uh, worked in those movie theaters this week to let everybody go and have that experience. So thank you to that, Josh. And I hope things get, I mean, obviously I hope they stay super busy for you, but I hope you guys, as more of your staff gets more trained and experienced, you ruffle out or iron out all the ruffles. I, I hope it gets easier for you, man. I really do. All right. What's next? Colin Robinson says three characters appear in the top three biggest movies opening weekend, Spider-Man, Dr. Strange and Ned. If I'm Jacob Batalone's agent, I'm raising his acting quote. Forget the rock. Ned is the new box office Viagra. That's right, because the top three opening weekends are now Endgame, Spider-Man, No Way Home and Infinity War. And yes, Dr. Strange, Spider-Man and Ned. Ned is in all three. Jacob Bartolone can say, I am in the in all three of the top three opening weekend box office movies of all time. I don't think he's going to get a big pay raise because, you know, they none of them were the Ned movie. But uh, I'll just say, I, re- I mean, first of all, I really enjoy Jacob Bartolone in these things. I think he's great. And I really liked him in Spider-Man No Way Home. So I'm hoping for an expanded role for him as he moves forward. All right, what's next? Grogu says, vote for breakout star of 2021, Rachel Zegler in West Side Story. Mm. Right there. Yep. Alana Haim in Licorice Pizza. Karoon in The Eternals. He was great in that. Filipino Lola in No Way Home. (laughs) (laughs) Or Spunky out of nowhere scene stealer Aaron Cummings in King Richard. Choose one. Well, yeah, but Aaron's not a a newcomer. Uh, Aaron's not a newcomer. Yeah, so Aaron doesn't get to qualify for that, unfortunately, even though she would probably beg to differ. She gets my vote. But Rachel, Rachel Zegler 
in the best movie of the year in West Side Story. I, I mean, what not only my God, how does such a little freaking package have such a voice? Like every time I just look at it, it's like, she's so wee. Like she's so, she's just wee. And then she starts belting like Aretha Franklin. And I'm like, dear heavens, that girl can sing, but she's beautiful in the movie. Like her performance is beautiful. Um, all that. Oh my gosh. So I just got a notification on my watch. Uh, from my the Tesla app, letting me know that Anne has officially she's actually in the software now renamed her car. <gasps> so uh, instead of uh, you know Tesla Model Y, blah blah blah, the notifications now read Moon Knight. Anne has officially named her car Moon Knight. It's now on the software and everything. And that, isn't she? That's I another example it. of how she is the best. Anne is the best. That is freaking awesome. What a great name. I mean, she. We already knew she had. She had like when we first got her the car, she had put up on Facebook because it's it's a black Model Y. She got put on Facebook. I've named it Moon Knight, and I. Rob was Rob was very very happy. <laughs> Rob was I, Rob even made social media posts about how Ann Campy has named her car Moon Knight. <laughs> he was very, but now it's official. It's actually on the software now. So there you go. All right, sorry. Where were we? Oh yes, Rachel Zegler, absolutely love it. All right. What's next? Ryan Lawner says, did Haley Seinfeld crush these last two months of 2021 or what? Dickinson, Arcane, and Hawkeye? I, again, my opinion about uh, actors who take on voice acting roles. Like, I'd rather see actual voice actors. I mean, look, she really, she did do a great job doing the voice in Arcane, but I, I don't give a low to that. Dickinson, she's great in. And even though I'm not a huge Kate Bishop fan, her performance obviously was great i i am becoming a bigger and bigger Haley steinfeld fan every year like i i mean i already liked her before bumblebee i already liked her very much but then when i saw her in bumblebee i'm like oh my god she's good she made everything believable mm -hmm. like i think um shia labeouf i think he's a very tremendous actor i really do but Haley steinfeld made me believe in the relationship between her and the CGI character even better than Shia did in the, in the other Transformers movies. And he's a tremendous talent. And I'm just becoming a bigger and bigger fan of hers. All right. What's nice. I'm sorry, John, but... Um, oh, yes. I got to put my vote in on what you name your car. And this is a serious suggestion. All right. Winter Soldier. Because it's white. Oh. The snow. I love it. I love Winter Soldier. Come on. My Winter Soldier. For those of you who know, my car's white. Yeah. And so, Winter Soldier. And plus, you're from Canada. You should call it Mr. Snow. Mayonnaise. Or Mayonnaise Sandwich. No, but they, it's not as cool as Moon Knight. So we Moon gotta... Knight, Winter Soldier. That's that's a good one. I, I might just do that. Yeah, do it. I might just do that. Okay. okay. Well, someone in the chat said Knight Rider. But then <laughs> it's totally <laughs> white. It'll be White Rider. White Rider. White Rider. Winter Soldier. Okay. Okay. With the snow, the Canadian. I... Or someone said Stormtrooper. That one's good too. Yeah, I think a lot of white cars will have like stormtrooper decals on them and things like that. So that wouldn't be terribly, but <laughs> winner, winner male. <laughs> white Wolf. Luis Martinez is saying White Wolf. That's actually a good yep, one. That one's good too. Winner mayo. <laughs> All right, let's keep All moving right, here. Let's... Go, Tiger says, I'm really looking forward to seeing American Underdog. However, between 
COVID and No Way Home, I'm not sure if I'll be able to watch it. I'm such a sucker for inspiring sports movies. On another subject, how about making a list of the must-see non-comic book movies? I'm always trying to build on my foundation of cinema knowledge. Oh, I've done several videos like that. I, I've I've done several videos of like the. I, I remember I did a whole series of uh, the. I can't remember exactly how we worded, but it's like the must-see movies that any film fan needs to have in their resume. Has needs to have in their repertoire, and I remember we ran through the AFI. I think just a few months ago we talked about the the our most anticipated non comic book movies coming up. We talk about those quite frequently. So yeah, absolutely, and I always will. Like once we get into twenty twenty two, we'll probably do a uh, the the most anticipated non comic book movies coming out that year and stuff like that because I talk about this a lot. When I started AMC Movie News, I felt like it was a part of my job to convince movie fans to give comic book movies a shot mm. that they, they had grown and developed and become like really good movies. I mean, some of them suck, but a lot of them are very good. And I remember it was low key part of my job to convince moviegoers to give comic book movies a shot somewhere around six or seven years ago that changed. And now I feel like it's part of my job to convince people to give non comic book movies a shot uh, because there's a lot like, and no offense to anybody, but you can really tell when you get near the end of the year and we start having Oscar discussions and the movies that people are always throwing out are the comic book movies. It's like, okay, so like you've never actually watched many of the non-comic book movies this year. Um, so I feel like it's part of my job to do that. And that's why, you know, every week we'll we'll talk about Death on the Nile. We'll talk about like the other films. But but yeah, once we get into 2022, we'll definitely do some, some dedicated lists like that too. But listen, I love the comic book movies. The, the comic book movies are the main financial drivers of the industry right now. They are the biggest events in movies right now. I love talking about them. And that's why we talk about them a lot. But yes, we do also need to keep our eyes. And that's why I like, I'll talk about West Side Story every chance we get. It's the best movie of the year. I mean, I love Shang-Chi. I love Spider-Man No Way Home. But, and I haven't seen Licorice Pizza yet. But, so Licorice Pizza aside, No Way, uh, West Side Story is the best movie of the year. It just is. Obviously, that's a subjective opinion, but it's the best movie of the year. So, uh, yeah. So we'll always keep a focus on that. All right. What's next? Scott Brown says, just wanted to say Merry Christmas, John, to you and your family. Oh, thank I've, you. I've been a fan since the early days of AMC and your show has always been there for me. You do an amazing job at making the show feel like a group conversation. And that makes the show so special. And by the way, Scott tipped in like $25 to thank be supportive you, of the channel. Thank you, Scott. Thank you so much, Scott. I mean, listen. I have always, whether even when it's just me solo, I've always endeavored to make, ever since the early days of AMC, I wanted my show, because I know me and my friends, when we would talk about movies, we didn't talk about them like art critics. We talked about movies like sports fans, because we were also sports fans, but we would talk about it in sports terms. So when I set out to start doing a video show about movies, I wanted it to be the ESPN Sports Center of movie discussion. And you guys have probably recognized that whether I was doing for your consideration or AMC movie talk or then collider movie talk, or now the John Campia show, that's kind of what I, the feel I go for. Cause that's how I talk about movies. And so thank you so much for being around and being a part of that, Scott. And thank you for the kind words. And may you have a wonderful holiday season as well, my friend. All right. 
What's next? Sparkly Thanos says, Sparkly. <laughs> Matrix 4 just isn't good. You guys will either semi-like it or just hate it. I could forgive a lazy plot if the music and action were good, but not bringing back Don Davis from music and Yuan Wu-Ping to supervise fight choreography really hurt this film. Wow. Well, I mean, again, I'm hearing mixed things. Right now, it does hold a positive. Let me just bring it up again. As of right now, it is still holding a, a, a positive. The majority of the critics like it. Uh, they are saying right now, what are we at here? Uh, yeah, it's still at uh, 162 reviews, 68%. So, I mean, hey, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I'm going to see it in a few hours. So hopefully I like it. All right, what's next? Jack Lumber says, if Spider-Man does go back to the Sony-verse, would home trilogy characters like Ned, MJ, and Flash have to go with him, especially since Sony owns the rights to the characters? Have to? No. That's, that's like... Whether they stay in the MCU, go to the Sony-verse, do a mix between the two, whatever it is, they're going to have to hammer out a new deal. And they'll put whatever details in that deal that they that they do. If Spider-Man does go back to the MCU, and Spider-Man No Way Home definitely ends in a place where it'd be very, very easy now for them to take him over into the Sony-verse, very, very easy for them to leave him in the MCU. But if they do decide to take him back into the Sony-verse, then it would make sense to me that you would bring characters like MJ and Ned along, but they don't have to it's all in the negotiation what they decide to to divvy up so we'll see where they go with that all right what's next richard h says hello john kim and ray i recently saw spider-man no way home for my third time nice but had the displeasure of sitting next to someone that was not interested in the film and kept sighing throughout it oh, just leave my. the movie instead of being a distraction thoughts my god i disagree here's the thing I enjoy people having their natural reactions to films in theaters. I know a lot of people don't like it when people hoop and holler and cheer and scream and whatever I do. If it's their real reaction to it. Like if you're watching something, you want to stand up and cheer when something happens, then you, you do it. But it goes both ways. Like if you're watching, like I know I, when something happens in a movie that is like totally awful. I'll go, oh, or something like that, right? I still remember when me, Dennis Zen, and John Schnepp, we walked in to go watch one of the worst films I've ever seen in my life, Jupiter Ascending. <laughs> um, I remember, like, Schnepp was just laughing at me the whole time because that movie is so bad, and they did so many awful things in it. I remember it's like I was trying so hard not just to walk out because, like, I was literally, like, trying to hold in my size and my hold in my moans of displeasure i literally covered my face and i put my head forehead down to my knees going ah oh, <laughs> this is so bad it's like trying brain. so hard not to scream out but i mean if we are gonna say we want to encourage audiences to actually be expressive if it's natural like don't fake i hate fake laughing and fake cheering and fake sighing and fake complaining but i mean if we want audiences to be a part of an audience that is like actually letting its actual response to the movie out then you got to take both sides of the coin. And so, I mean, as long as he wasn't just sitting there trying to be a distraction, but I mean, if something happened in the movie that he thought was terrible and his natural reaction was, uh, then I, I don't fault. Uh, then again, I'm not the guy who had to sit beside him, but from a, from a perspective as a guy who didn't have to sit beside him, I, I don't fault him for that. If that was his natural reaction to it. All right. What's next? B. Wayne NY says, Hey John, have you had a chance to read this weekend's variety cover? article leaving the kingdom about Bob Iger. 
It's great. They devoted half the magazine to his amazing career. Like you, I'm a big fan of his. One of the photos shows a lightsaber on his office desk. Uh, I have not had a chance to read the the article yet. I'm aware of it. I want to read it. Um, I mean, Bob Iger is just probably the best executive we've ever had in entertainment. And who knows? There might be a chance he ain't going anywhere. We'll find out soon, though. We'll find out soon. All right. Thanks for writing that in, B-Wayne. What's next? Say says, I heard the other day Ernie Reyes Jr. name come up. Oh, yeah. Coincidentally, the same day Mr. Reyes underwent a liver transplant. Oh, I didn't know about this. Wow. His social media account says he's recovering well, and I hope to see more projects from him in the future. Mm. I right, did Surf not. Ninja. I, yeah. Yeah. And, and several other things. Side, I, was yeah. he in Sidekicks as a young? I believe he was in Sidekicks. Did, like Chuck Chuck Norris. Yeah. yeah. I did not know he was going. To, so all wow. of our best thoughts and wishes to his speedy, speedy recovery. Thank you, Sai, for putting that in there, making us aware of that. Appreciate that. All right, what's next? Marie Seifring says, Hey, John and crew, I saw my first YouTube ad for Death on the Nile from 20th Century. 90% of the dialogue was between Gal Gadot and Kenneth Branagh's character. Only saw brief glimpses of Army Harry's... Ar- Army Hammer's character. Army Harry, brand new actor. Totally different guy. He's like, I'm not Army Hammer. Um, (laughs) Character dancing with Gal or as part of the group, Hidden. Yeah, we were talking about that a little bit earlier in the show. Like, They did a smart thing. If they totally kept him out of the trailer, that's all anybody would be talking about. But you don't want to have him in the trailer much because you don't want people to be talking about. So they just have him like kind of glimpse up. It was a very, very good approach for them to do it. And listen, honestly, I thought it was a good trailer. So... Uh, it's great Kenneth Branagh, great source material. Looking forward to it. Um, not in my top, like most anticipated of films, but uh, I'm, I'm very curious to see where they go with it, Marie. All right, what's next? Sergeant Ward says, I just realized something about streaming. Most studios read great scripts and say, look, this movie script, this script is great, but it's not the type of movie that's going to make its money back. I believe Netflix is good at that, but they also say yes to scripts that sound cool, but it's an awful script. But they decide to make it for content's sake. I hope they realize this. What do you think, John? Well, I mean, look, here's the reality. There are many times that a script can read really well, but then you realize later that it doesn't. Here's a great example. There was Sam Worthington and Liam Neeson did a clash. I believe it was Clash of the Titans that they did. I think they did a remake of Clash of the Titans. I think that's the one I'm thinking of. And I remember I got the script like over a year before the movie came out. I, I had the script sent to me. And I remember reading the script and the script read great. It really did. It read really well. And I remember thinking to myself, this is going to be really good. But you never know because it's playing in the theater of your mind when you're reading the script. Mm. You never know until it actually starts being put together about whether or not it'll actually translate well into a visual medium. And the movie was not great. The script was, but the movie was also a very true representation of the script. And so Mm. you just never know. There are lots of times that a script can read really well and you think the movie sounds great. The pitch is fantastic and you start putting it together, but it's not. I remember Spielberg talking about this once. It's like, you never know until you get in the editing room. Even when you're shooting the movie, it's a hard, it's hard to like, sometimes you can tell when you're shooting a movie, this is going to be really special or wow, this is going to be really bad. 
But it's not really Spielberg says until you get into the editing room that you really know if it's actually coming together or not. So I think for us film fans, it's easy for us to say, well, clearly they should have known that was a bad script. We have the, the advantage of hindsight of that. But because a lot of times these scripts can read really, really well and they just don't necessarily work out. All right, what's next? Salomon Kara says, Hi, from Manila, Philippines. Due to cinema restrictions, we only got to watch Eternals this month and loved it. Even our teen daughter loved it more than Shang-Chi. <laughs> nice. And Black Widow. Though movies are subjective, we don't get the passionate hatred it got. Thoughts? Um, I mean, look, here's, first of all... It, Almost every movie I've heard from people who hated No Way Home, like hated it. Talk about it as nothing but a bunch of gibberish, childish, empty calorie fan service nonsense. And you know what? Every point they made, I understood where they were coming from. It just hit me differently. Like differently, all the stuff that they were talking about to me were positives and pros. But I could totally see why somebody watching was like, okay, but Shang-Chi, my favorite comic book movie of the year. I've heard some people that passionately hated it and they brought up their points. I'm like, okay, I don't agree. And I didn't experience it that way, but I can see where you're coming from. And if, if it hit you that way, I could get why you hated it. Like, so, and Eternals is no different. I mean, there are people you, we, you saw, we've had people write in today that say Eternals was actually their number one favorite comic book movie of the year, but there are also people that completely hated it. So, and that's the beauty of film. That's not a bad thing. That kind of, you know, uh, parody and that kind of uh, mix and things, that is not a bad thing about movies. That's actually the most beautiful thing about movies is that we have those experiences. And yeah, there are going to be some movies we watch and absolutely adore and other people are going to hate them. There are people who hate The Godfather. There are people who hate Star Wars. There are people who hate Lord of the Rings. I, they're not wrong. That's just the experience that they had. And we need to respect that. So yeah, I get it. I get it. All right. Thanks for sharing that though. And by the way, I hope you and your family are doing really well. We know the Philippines is, you know, dealing not fortunately not as destructive as the last one, but has been dealing with a big typhoon situation. So I hope you and your family are doing well there. All right, what's next? Jonathan says, "John Campia, you are a fucking beast." I saw you. <laughs> Finally, your... <laughs> somebody with some culture and taste writing in. Good gracious! Uh, edibles are strong with that guy. <laughs> I saw your video for the Adopt a Family. My God, I teared up. I regret not doing my part, but this community. Shit, you're all amazing. You have my deepest respect, Campia. Well done, you fucking earned goat status. Well, listen, it's about our community and what our community did. Um, for those of you who don't know what uh, Jonathan is talking about, you can uh, go on to our YouTube channel. You see we put up our update of the adopt-a-family situation. And uh, just I was floored by how our community responded and what our community did. And it was an amazing thing to be a part of. I know me, Ray, and... Uh, Ryan, it was a very, very special experience for us and it's all possible and everything was done because of you guys. So if you want to go check out that video, go check it up. It's up on the channel right now. Um, but yeah, thanks for the kind words, Jonathan. We really appreciate it. And, you know, just by being a part of our show, you're contributing as well. And, you know, we'll do something like this again and do it. And by the way, the whole idea of us talking every year about adopt family is not to participate with us, but for you to do it on your own as well. And there are other programs like that throughout the year. So thank you for the kind words, man. And, and thank you for watching the video. All right. What's next? Fritz the cat says, I think Florence Pugh is one of the best young actors in Hollywood, but that accent she's doing in the MCU is terrible. What? 
I was half expecting her to start referencing to Clint, referring to Clint and Kate as moose and squirrel. Moose and squirrel. Oh my gosh. Maybe Doctor Strange can magic it out of her. I don't know. I'm not going to lie to you. It kind of worked for me. Yeah, it did for me too. Was a little thick. Maybe it was a little thick. But it, it, I'll be honest with you, it kind of works for me. But I could totally see why Kate it was. Bishop. I love how she says her whole name. Yep. Kate, Kate, Kate Bishop. Bishop. Kate I, I like that a lot. By the way, we missed one from Charlie. Charlie. Charlie from Starkville says, hi, John and crew. longtime listener. First time tipper. Thank you, Charlie. Would you take over or under 25% that we will see Luke Cage reappear in an upcoming Disney Plus series? All right. There's two answers to that question, Charlie. Luke Cage, the character? Over 25%. At some point, he's going to pop up. Maybe not in the next year. Maybe not in the next two. The Michael Coulter, Luke Cage. I'll take under 25%. Oh. Just because we got Vincent D'Onofrio back in here, I don't believe that means they're going to do do every. I don't believe that means they're going to bring every one of those Netflix characters over with the same actor that they've done before. So uh, bring back Mike Coulter as Luke Cage. I will go under. Luke Cage in general, I'll go over 25%. So that's what I'm thinking. What are you guys just, laughing about? No, I was just saying, hey, Kim, it might be time he's you trying, do a real bet. He's trying to coax but, me into I believe, another bet. I actually liked him as Luke Cage. So I did too. I, I, I just didn't like the him. show. I thought Mike Coulter was a great choice yeah. to play Luke Cage. So I thought maybe, he did a very good job. Yeah. I just didn't think the show was great. Maybe my, um, my, uh, you know, I'm not thinking with my brain right now. <laughs> Just with my, he's, you know, heart. I want him to play Luke Cage. He's trying to get me to make another bet. Yeah. Uh, no, I, we're going I mean, to double team against you. <laughs> I, it's not something I would put money on by any stretch of the imagination. But mm. I, yeah, I, I, if you're asking me, would I take the over-under? Again, I would take the under on it being Mike Coulter over in general. So, yeah, that's my thought. All right, what's next? Rob Tari says, so Robert Rodriguez said the Boba Fett trailers have only showed half of the first episode to avoid spoiling big surprises. I'm not saying this will happen, but could they be hiding an appearance appearance of a de-aged Han Solo? Weirder things have happened. Odds? Here's the problem. I mean, could you? Yes, absolutely. But this would be a Han Solo that would have to be years after the events of Return of the Jedi. So it's not like you could do, and why am I forgetting the name of the guy who played Han in the Solo movie? He did a very good job. And I I can't remember his name now for the life of me. Uh, Guys in the live chat, help me out. What was the name of the actor in that? But... Again, this is not, he played a Han Solo that was like 10 years. Uh, Alden Ehrenreich, thank you. Uh, Michael Gumas was the first one to put it in there, as did Big Blue Balloon and a couple of others. Alden Ehrenreich, who I thought did a very good job playing Solo. I really did. I thought he did a very good job. But he plays a Han that's like 10 years younger than the uh, New Hope Solo. This would have to be a Solo that's like five, six years after the events of Return of the Jedi. So, I mean, I don't know, but it is possible. It is possible. So, what are you asking me here? Um, what would appearance... I'm not saying this would happen, but could they be hiding in a They could. They could. It's possible. I'd give it a 20% chance. 20% chance. All right, what's next? Mark Neto says, Hey, John, Ray, and Kim. It's 11.50 a.m. and waiting to see Matrix with two others in the entire theater. Apparently, folks have gotten refunds because no food is available in the theater. What? Even last Thursday at the Spider-Man No Way Home premiere only... 
only uh, half, half full. full. Happy Christmas. They, that to me is absolutely a part of the movie going experience. Like having that popcorn is part of my movie going experience. Having that soda is a part of my movie going experience. Not a necessarily healthy part of the movie going experience, but a part of the movie going experience nonetheless. And I, I yeah, I, because I first marked down, I was like, really? Did they need to give you a refund just because they didn't have extra stuff for you to buy? But now that I think about it, I'm like, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I would want a bit of a refund because yeah. they took away part of that experience for me. Just like funnel cake is to me at uh, Six Flags, Magic Mountain. Riz, you, I've never been to Six Flags. Or Knott's Berry Farm. If the funnel cake shop is closed, I'm not coming. There you go. <laughs> That's the very first thing I go into when I go to um, Six Flags or Knott's Berry Farm. Ask anybody. The very first thing I walk into, I don't even go into the ticket line. I just go to the funnel cake. Are you <laughs> yeah. good. You hear funnel case like, okay, funnel, and I'm ready to go home. You know how many times you, I don't have that too often. So whenever it's available, I'll just go and get it. So even if I'm full, it's like a must. And right. once again, it's a fat guy. It's a must. <laughs> Mike, shut up. All right, guys. And that'll do it for today's installment of the John Campion Show. Thank you guys so much for being here. Big special thank you to all you guys who sent in the comments and the questions. Number one, because it gave us great fun things to talk about. But number two, you supported this channel as you did it. And all of us involved with the John Campion Show, thank you guys so much for your support. Don't forget, a little bit later this afternoon, we've got our Hawkeye series finale open spoiler discussion. Hope you guys will come back and join us for that. And, of course, the John Cabe Show returns again tomorrow where I think all of us will be in Christmas sweaters. So, because Kim and Ray, you both already got your Christmas sweaters, right? Yep. Oh, Kim's Christmas already got sweater like, a sweater tomorrow. Oh, yeah. It's going to be tomorrow. We're going to do that It's a situation. Tomorrow. It's a situation. It's a full situation. I all love right. being extra at the holidays. <laughs> all right, guys. In the meantime, I want to say thank you to Kim for being here. Kim, where can people follow you online? You guys can catch me on Instagram at wasgoodkimberly. And of course, Ray Aura. Ray, where can people find you? It's Ray Aura with a zero instead of an O. And you guys can follow me on social media, on Instagram and Twitter. Right there, you can see it, at John Campion. Right there it is, right there, at John Campion. <laughs> All right, guys, that'll do it for me. Thanks a lot for being here today. My name's John Campion, and until next time, my friends, bye-bye. <laughs>